Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I want to say thanks to Dominica, my girlfriend. Uh, she's too young to remember I played in Pittsburgh, but I... I But I told her all the stories, so don't worry about it. I remember my first coach, Bob Johnson, always said, today it's a great day for hockey, and I'm gonna use, I'm gonna use it, I'm gonna change it a little bit, I'm gonna say today it's a great day for me. Language barrier. So we were. So, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's genuine. I'm more, I'm more nervous than I play. Like <laughs> the player came out and you right there. Like, sorry, I was just like. Just some of the sights and sounds from the Yarmir Yager ceremony that took place yesterday inside PPG Paints Arena. It looked like an incredible scene. Uh, the pictures, the videos I saw go out, the the game coverage. Uh, the Penguins nailed it. Uh, Sportsnet Pittsburgh nailed it uh, from a production level. Uh, awesome stuff all around there. But before we dive into that, I do want to start with the bad news first so we can get to the good news after that. It's Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan, uh, the PM team, the P and M, part of that, are both out today. It is President's President's Day. We will have some fun with that coming up a little bit later on. Uh, little Austin Bechtold with me behind the glass today. He does not want to go by Mr. P, but we will be using city limits uh, in homage to the great Joe Starkey. So the Pens honored one of their all-time greats yesterday. I would say somebody who is on the team's Mount Rushmore. Uh, Yarmir Yager, one of the best to ever play the game. The dude is still playing in the Czech Republic. He's 52 years old. Uh, his girlfriend, just a few months older than me. Uh, we were born in the same year, 1995, but she must have been an early 95 baby because she's 29, I'm 28. But just let that sink in for a second. The Kings won the game, however. They beat the Penguins 2-1. to And shockingly, the only Penguins goal came from Sidney Crosby, his 31st 
of the season. It was a power play goal, but that unit still sucked yesterday as well. The Pens led one to nothing entering the third period. Uh, Adrian Kempe scored twice for L.A., his 18th and 19th goals of the season. And the second one, a shorthanded goal for the Kings with about three minutes to go in regulation. Both goalies were solid. Obviously, Cam Talbot allowing just one goal. Jari allowed two, but he did have 31 saves. But the Penguins, with everything going on in that building yesterday, they should have been playing with their hair and their fake mullets on fire. They came out and they scored one goal. And the only guy that is left carrying the load, the same one that has been doing so for 52 games now, is the only guy that scored that goal, Sidney Crosby. They were one for five on the power play, which continues to be one of the worst units in all of hockey. A 13.7% success rate. That is third worst in the National Hockey League, 30th out of 32 teams. Only two teams that the Penguins are ahead of in that category. City Limits, do you know either of the two teams that they are ahead of? Maybe you you looked at this before today's show or last night? I did not, but it's not good. Uh, Philly. Okay, and the other's probably, what, Arizona? Chicago. Chicago, who's the worst team in hockey? Philly, who is in a playoff spot, 13.3%, and then Chicago who is the worst team in the league, 12.2%. Something needs done about it. It's terrible. And all offseason, the Penguins pull off the, the trade of the decade in Pittsburgh. Basically, what we thought the reversal of the Chris Archer trade would be. They got Eric Carlson to man their power play. They got rid of all of their bad players and got one of the best players in the league back. A trade that we only see in video games. The Penguins pulled it off. The boy genius, Kyle Dubas, pulled it off. And how oversold were we on that? We were so oversold on how good this power play would be, and it is one of the worst that the league has to offer. The power play was supposed to be unstoppable. Here comes Eric Carlson. We got Crosby. We got Malkin. We have Gensel. They're going to have to push Chris Letang down the pecking order because we got Eric Carlson here now. It's terrible. And just for reference... I know that Austin in his headline gave a little heads up to where the Penguins are right now in the league standings. The team is almost as close to the bottom in the Eastern Conference as they are to the top wild card. They are 11 points ahead of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have 44 points in the basement of the East, and they are 10 points behind Tampa Bay who has 65 points. And it's not like a big separation is between that. Detroit, three points behind Tampa Bay. Detroit holding down that second wild card spot 
right now with 62 points. And we hear so much about, oh, well, the Pens have a couple of games in hand. Well, eventually it's all going to be even in terms of games played, and I still won't like where the Penguins are sitting. Now, Tampa Bay has played four more games than Pittsburgh has. If they go on a four-game winning streak, I'll change my tune a little bit. But this was a huge homestand that the Penguins have ahead of them. It started off with a very emotional moment. Without question, the biggest crowd that has been inside that building for a regular season game, probably in years, to honor one of the franchise's best players. And this is what they went out there and did. Scored one goal, lost the game 2-1, to one, gave up a shorthanded goal in the process to lose them the game. Now, again, the Yager ceremony, awesome. Everything pregame was awesome. He came out and skated with the guys on the ice during warm-ups. They should have left him out there. I would guarantee, almost guarantee, that Yaramir Yager would be no worse than what? Where, where would you think, Austin, between the fifth and eighth worst player on the team? I'm not actually kidding. <laughs> he would look great on the third line. He would. I'm, Maybe I'm, even the second line with Malkin. I'm not joking when I say that. He he would not be the worst player on the team, and I don't think he'd be close. He's 52 years old. Maybe he could help out the power play. Just put him out there for that. The guy was still skating around just fine. They should have left him in the uniform, and they should have put a helmet on him. But everything about the ceremony, awesome. So, again, kudos to the Penguins. A very classy move, an overdue move, but a very classy one. Uh, looked like a great ceremony on television, all the videos I saw on social media. Uh, one of the videos the Penguins put out yesterday afternoon was sweet. Uh, it was about five and a half minutes of just Yager in his hockey prime which his hockey prime lasted longer than most players' careers. Awesome highlight video that the Penguins social media team put together. But the game itself, it fell flat. The Pens blew a third-period lead. They lost the game via a shorthanded goal. So it left everybody going in there who was full of emotion leaving that arena on a negative note with the Pens blowing a, a nice chance to play some out-of-their-mind hockey, put up maybe a crooked number on a Sunday evening, and send us into the week feeling all right about where this hockey team is at, even after the Jake Gensel injury. But I want to hear from you out there. I want to hear from people who were at the game, who witnessed the ceremony, who took it all in. You don't have to talk about the game itself if you don't want. Or even if you have a Yager memory. I want to hear from you. 412-928-9370. What was your favorite moment from the Yager ceremony? What was that like to see in person? 
And if you want to chime in about the game itself, you can do that. 412-928-9370. Fan text line, you can hit us up at that same number, 412-928-9370. Brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. We'll take your calls up next, 412-928-9370. But right now, it's a City Limits fan headline. Pitt basketball has won five straight. Big game tomorrow night that you can hear right here on 93.7 The Fan against Wake Forest. Pitt is currently one of the last teams that is remaining on Joe Lenardi's bracket bubble right now. The Panthers are receiving interest to potentially get into the NCAA tournament. Also, Wake Forest as one of the last teams held out of the tournament as well. 9 o'clock, you can hear our coverage beginning at 8.30 on The Fan. Headlines of Papa Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. So a 2-1 to one loss for the Penguins yesterday against the LA Kings. The Pens led 1-0 heading into the third period. A pair of Kings goals, one of them shorthanded with about three minutes to go. Turned the tide. So on a day when the Pens were honoring one of their franchise's best players they were inspired to score just one goal 412-928-9370 if you want to join the conversation the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years 412-928-9370 let's start with JB in Braddock what's up JB Hey, what's up? Nothing much. What's on your mind? All right, so I was at the game yesterday. That the ceremony was beautiful. That was that was really really beautiful. They did that up really well. It's interesting too, Cub. Yager's a funny guy. I really didn't expect that, but Yager's a funny guy. Some of the things that he said, you know, and the respect. The Kings players, a few of them, they came over during warmups to shake his hand. I don't know what they talked about, you know, but it was really pretty cool to to see that. Now, where, uh, as far as the hmm, go ahead, you're getting as, into the as game. As far as the game is concerned, oh, you know, I I almost wish that they could have just left Yager out there. <laughs> you know, I know he don't have an NHL contract. You know, I get that it, it wasn't wasn't going to happen, but I kind of knew this was going to happen. That kind of a game, I I don't know. I just sixth sense. I just had a feeling. Now, where where did the the ceremony uh, that they had for Yager. Where does that rank for you as a, a fan of sports and like things that you have seen live? Definitely number one. Seen live, definitely number one. That was that was really good. And I was in the in the crowd almost, you know, like almost in tears. Like, man, that was nice. That was really nice. Well J B, thank you for the call. Sounds like you painted a pretty good picture of it. I mean I, I kinda got that it had to be a, a pretty emotional scene at PPG Paints Arena uh, because people loved this dude when he was with the Pens. And I know that Austin and I are both a bit young. Again, I'm the same age as Yager's girlfriend, so I don't remember with a whole lot of clarity seeing him play in his prime, but you see plenty of it over the course of time 
and people always get mad, like, well, you didn't see the guy play in his prime, whatever. I mean, the the internet is is a thing, and it exists, and you and YouTube's a thing. And I mean, we saw him play for Philadelphia the years that he bounced around Florida, Calgary. It's not like we never saw him play at all, too. Yeah, well, right mean, now he's still out there. He he started his career five years before I was born, and he played in the NHL. Not even counting right now, he played in the NHL until I was a senior in college. Yeah, twenty eighteen. I mean, the man played forever. The longevity almost unmatched. 412-928-9370. If you were at the game yesterday, what kind of emotions were you going through? And if you want to talk about the Pens game itself, we can do that. A 2-1 to one loss to the Kings. Vince is up next. What's up, Vince? Hi, Donnie. How are you? Great, great. What's on your mind? Uh, the The... Ceremony yesterday was was the best I've ever seen for anything, any sport. You know, they really did it up good, bringing all the former players in. And, you know, it, it was even better than when they retired Mario's number. I mean, I don't remember the ceremony for Mario being that long and having different people come out. I remember, you know, putting the ra- the number in the rafters for Mario, but they just went all out, and it was just first class. They had the Hockey Hall of Fame there with exhibits of Yager and stuff that you hardly would see. And uh, there just was so many people I heard, like, speaking Czech, it seemed like they just came from Czechoslovakia to watch the game. And it was just amazing. A grand slam, if I could have put it into uh, baseball terms. Were you, so, uh, were you upper bowl or lower bowl yesterday? Lower, lower bowl. Uh, did, we lower. Have, did we have some tears from Vince, or did we have tears from anybody around you? No, not really tears. I was just in amazement taking it all in you know seeing how they did everything i mean i'm 53 so i watched him first time around i still have his original jersey starter jersey i have you know and just everything that they did and uh just a little bit about the game i think everybody in pittsburgh just start calling Sidney crosby thanos because from the movie avengers huh. you know where he says fine i'll do it myself that's pretty much how I see it with the Penguins anymore. If Sidney Crosby's not there, they're they're pretty much lifeless. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with uh, Malkin. Like, it just seems like he can't find a net to save his life. So, yeah, Vince, thank you for the call. Uh, I mean, in in terms of uh, Crosby and Malkin, I mean, Cr- Crosby just playing at an otherworldly level for being thirty six years old. And the, the thing is, it makes Evgeny Malkin look bad, unfortunately, because he is playing like he's 37 years old. Like, here we have two stars of their generation. Really, I mean, well, Crosby easily on the on the Penguins, Mount Rushmore, but I think Malkin has an argument to be up there as well uh, with Mario, with Yager, with Crosby. We're unfortunately seeing, like, here's how a guy is playing at 36 years old as if he's 26 years old in the form of Sidney Crosby. And then we're seeing a guy who is 37 years old who is mostly playing like he's 37 years old. So it's it's easy to knock Malkin, I think, because of how well Crosby continues to play. But you also have to realize at the same time, this dude's in his upper 30s. And 
you know, not everybody is aging like a Sidney Crosby or a Yarmir Yager for that instance. Like they all just can't play forever. So that's that's where the guy showing off his age is kind of sad because he's getting flubbed by the fans for not being still at Sidney Crosby's level. 412-928-9370 if you want to join the conversation. Bob and Tom, I see you on hold. We'll get to you in just a few minutes, a short break, and we'll be back. 412-928-9370. If you were at the game yesterday, if you took in the Yarmir Yager ceremony, I want to hear from you, 412-928-9370. Twitter, brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Right now, an Austin Bechtold fan headline. The Pirates are bringing an old friend back. Cannon Smith and Jigba, who was designated for assignment earlier on in this offseason, has been reclaimed off waivers from the Seattle Mariners. Tomorrow night, Pitt basketball, 9 o'clock against Wake Forest. Both teams are currently tied for fourth place in the ACC, and Pitt is on a five-game winning streak, currently knocking on the door of bubble contention, as ESPN's Joe Anardi has the Panthers currently as one of the last teams out in the next four out currently in bracket discussions. Headlines, Private Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com right now. It's Chris Mulsey. Chris here for the Bath Authority, and I want to talk to the people out there right now who've got the old, outdated-looking or just covered in mold and mildew, filled with broken tiles, bathtub or shower, right? The thing that just is an eyesore that's been bugging you for a while. If that describes you, you've got to call my friends at the Bath Authority. They provide the highest quality bathroom remodeling products, and they're also going to provide you with a world-class customer experience. These are modern, durable tubs and showers they've got, and they've got an exclusive high-tech polymer liner. Long story short, that polymer liner is going to help it last for decades, that new shower or that new tub, whatever you get. Plus, it comes with a lifetime warranty. They do it all. Walk-in tubs, replacement showers, tub-to-shower conversions, so much more. Right now, what you need to do is schedule your free in-home estimate today and get $1,000 off a new shower or bath plus 36 months of interest-free financing. TheBathAuthority.com. A better bath awaits. 2.36. Time to stop blindly paying those increasing auto and home insurance premiums. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia and see what they can do for you. Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan in for Andrew Filipponi and Chris Muller. I have Austin City Limits with me along for the ride this afternoon up until 6. Taking your calls right now on the Penguins and the Yarmir Yager ceremony from yesterday. 412-928-9370 if you were in the building. What that was like for you as a fan. Maybe you just have a story about the man that wore number 68. 412-928-9370. We go out to Tom and Carnegie. What's up, Tom? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Uh, mine's a story. So back in 91, when the Pens won, they, uh, win their first cup, we are down at WP Knicks right after they win, and they show up. Yager, Mullen, Stevens, Jim Pack. No Lemieux, but a lot of the guys are there. And Joey Mullen, I must have talked to him for 10 minutes. 
and he goes, Yager has no idea how big this is. He's like, he's like just like a little kid. They say he's like a kid still in high school. <laughs> he's up on the second level. I don't know if you guys ever heard about WP Nicks. He's standing up there dumping beers down on like the girls down below and partying <laughs> like a wild man. But it was probably one of the coolest things that I ever saw because all the penguins were like just spending time and talking to the people that like this was unannounced. We just happened to be there that night. But it just makes me think about how much fun that guy was to be around like for the team. And he just had all that energy. And obviously it carried on throughout his career, you know, being in the NHL for so long. Just totally impressed with him. Tom, did you take in the ceremony yesterday in the building or did you watch it at home? I was at home. I did not have tickets, but it was it was still enjoyable for sure, just to see the way everybody reacted to him. Because at first when the Penguins got him, a lot of people thought he was, you know, a little too immature. But that's just that was him. But boy, as far as his work ethic and what he did on the ice, it was second to none, you know? If he would have had just a tad more talent than what he did have, he would have been better than the Mew. But, you know, obviously uh you know, two guys that were just phenomenal and uh it's a shame to see what, like you guys were just talking about Malkin. It is a shame that uh, he is declining a bit, but you know you also skate on the second line with second line wingers. It makes a difference throughout your career. So, yeah, Tom, I I appreciate the call and I like the story there uh, about Yager when he was out for a night because we we just so happen to have some audio from a a birthday celebration that Yager had uh, back in the day. It was it's no secret that the guy liked to get after it. I, I compared him on. Friday night to Ric Flair. I said the man is the Ric Flair of hockey uh, because he is an all-time great, one of the most decorated players ever, playing well past his prime, and it's still pretty well known the man gets after it off the ice as well. I was telling the story at his birthday party, and we had some guys who were married, so they didn't go to it. And I was single at the time, and I went to it. It must have been 900 people. I think it was 875 girls. Happy birthday, Yarmer! Happy birthday, Yarmer! And it should be no surprise that Yager is dating a girl who is a few months older than me. And he's 52. So the man is still rocking it at 52 years old. 412-928-9370. Bob in the car. He's up next. What's up, Bob? Hey, Donnie. Uh, okay. Uh, first of all, I really liked the whole thing. I watched it. I didn't go, but I also recorded it. To me, seeing all these uh, guys, Scotty Bowman, Mario, and Francis, and all that, was actually, uh, it was very interesting to watch them. Uh Tell you the truth, I thought it was uh, this should be done for Mario, the way they they did it because it was absolutely fantastic. As far as the game, look, you cannot fix old. I am looking at these hockey teams like the Kings, for instance. I mean, it, it, it just goes to show you you cannot uh, fight for for the time. And uh, lastly, it is my opinion, but somehow I feel like when net is in the net, penguins play better and more conservative than when they play in front of jury. I don't know why, but look at the last goal. I mean, 
what kind of a mistake is that when you are in a power play and it is like three minutes to go and you're 1-1, minimum you want to go overtime, get one point at least, and then they couldn't even do that. And this is not the only first time. It's been happening over and over and over. So in my opinion, there's something going on with the coaches. Uh, they, they, they don't listen to him anymore. He, or whatever he's saying is going from one ear goes out the other ear because they do this all the time. Yeah, Bob, I think you said it right there, and thank you for the call. Uh, we we hear a ton about the Steelers with Mike Tomlin. Oh, maybe the message is going stale. I think you can say the same thing about Mike Sullivan right now a little bit. And they they really lack on the special teams of hockey. We we know how bad they are on the power play. And it has been just something that has riddled the season as it has gone on. I also don't want to blame either goalie. I, I think both goalies they have have been pretty good. Uh, Nedeljkovic as a number two has been very solid. And what I thought was the worst move that Kyle Dubas made this offseason was that long contract extension for Tristan Jari. He has not been the problem at all. Maybe a game here and there you can point out, but I, I think Jari has been uh, really good in net all in all. 412-928-9370. We'll go to Tom here in Washington. Tom, what's up? Hey, how are you? Good, good. What's on your mind? I got a Yager story, much as the same as that WP Knicks fellow that called two calls ago. Hardy, and you're both named Tom. Here we go. <laughs> 91, I'm out at a bar called the Dragon Ice Company. I don't even know if it's still around. It was on Carson Street between, I think, 7th and 8th. Anyways, it was kind of smallish, but it was packed. This was during a playoff series where they were playing the Devils. And after the game... In walks eight penguins, and a few minutes later, four of the devils. And they were just there to have some beers. These guys were just getting along with each other like, you know, they were all friends. And they just hours before that, they were, you know, roughing each other, put slamming each other into the boards. And I just thought that was a cool thing about hockey players. But here's the, the gist of the story. I'm up at the bar, and it's elbow to elbow. And, um, you know, I'm drinking, always looking over my shoulder, seeing what these guys are doing. And the next thing I know, I'm talking to a friend to my right, and I feel to my left, somebody just really kind of shoved into me because they wanted to belly up to the bar and make an order. And I was 22 years old. I was going to Duquesne. I was kind of a hot-headed kid. <laughs> I was like, what the hell here? You know, I looked to my left, and I'm ready to, you know, confront whoever just shoved me. But when I turned my head, all I could see was, like, the – shoulder to elbow level of this person and i'm like oh this dude's big and i look up and it's the most you know remarkable distinguishable mullet in all <laughs> hockey and i'm like oh that's your army auger i'm not going to confront this dude because well he'll beat the crap out of me <laughs> yeah tom i think that's a pretty good pretty good guy to uh to be standing next to at the bar i mean i don't know how how good his english was back then i know that I mean, early 90s is when the guy came around, so probably not very good, but you could have tried to use him to get the uh, the bartender's attention there. That could have could have helped you out. 412-928-9370. If you want to 
keep the conversation going about Yaramir Yager, the ceremony yesterday, uh, the pens falling flat on the ISA 2-1 to loss to the Kings. Also coming up next, I want to get into the Pirates a little bit. They open the spring training schedule on Saturday. Will this team be better or worse than last season? Can they build on what they did in 2023? We'll get into that coming up next. Fan weather. Brought to you by Sun Chevy. Check out special financing deals for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today's sunny, high of 41. Tonight, clear, low of 25. It's Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Swinging a ball, cracked it down the left field line, toward the wall, and gone! He snuck it around the foul pole. Henry Davis takes Craig Kimbrell deep in the eighth inning. And this crowd is stunned. The Pirates have tied the game at two. And the Pirates fans who have made their way here out east are loving it. Less than a week from today, the Pirates will open their spring training schedule. A 105 first pitch against Minnesota on Saturday. A 105 first pitch against Baltimore on Sunday. I believe you can hear both of those games right here on 93.7 The Fan. You can also listen on your Odyssey app. That was Henry Davis hitting his last home run of the season in 2023. Davis finished with seven home runs in 62 games, playing mostly in right field for the Buckos. We're going to discuss him 
a lot as we get close to the season because of something that former Pirates catcher Michael McHenry said last week that made some airwaves. The over-under right now for the Buckos set at 75 and a half wins. So basically where they finished last season, a 76 and 86 record in 2023. Vegas telling you we think they'll be about the same. You bet the over on that. If they finish with the exact same record, you're a winner. You bet the under on that. You think they will be worse than what they did in 2023. Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan until 6 o'clock, filling in for Andrew Filipponi and Chris Muller taking off for the President's Day holiday. We'll have some presidential fun later on in the show. Austin Bechtold behind the glass with me this afternoon. Austin, where where would you have it right now? You're you're making a bet, you're making a wager, Pirates over under 75 and a half wins. I'm going to guess you're on the optimistic side like I usually am. Do you think this team will be better or worse than where they finished in 2023? I think they're going to be better, and a big reason why is the core of this team is now all here, and they were not in April or May or June, and for a good portion of July. Now, Andy Rodriguez is not playing, but you would imagine Henry Davis should start the year in the major leagues to begin, plus having Mitch Keller for another year and the way that he played last year and the way he pitched into an all-star game. I have the over. 75 and a half. I think 80, 81 potentially could be the number right now. If they want to be a winning team, they need to go out and get another starting pitcher. This Edward Cabrera trade needs to happen. Not Domingo Herman and kind of crossing your fingers that he's going to work out. It's Mitch Keller. You hope Paul Skeens is ready by the beginning of June, if not mid-May. And that's about it for the rotation. The bullpen could be top five in baseball, but if you can't get the ball to them with a lead, what does it matter? I'm really concerned about where their rotation is right now. You have so from the the guys that started the season in 2023, the one through five, Mitch Keller, he's going to be the ace as we go into the season. He started 32 games. Uh, ERA did jump up there a little bit into the low fours as the season went on, but all in all, I think you come away from Mitch Keller in 2023. Uh, happy with what he was able to accomplish just under 200 innings pitched the most that he's thrown in his career uh 13 and 9 record 210 strikeouts we haven't seen that from a pirates pitcher in quite some time and he had just 55 walks the number two last year johan oviedo record doesn't look good not that that matters all that much era just a little bit higher than what keller's was same amount of starts uh, 177 and two-thirds innings. Oviedo was a guy that either went out there and for six or seven innings, sometimes more, gave up zero, one, or two runs, or he kind of got blown up on. His starts were all over the place. But all in all, I took away from what a 24-, 25-year-old guy could do is, okay, this guy should have a spot next season in this rotation. He's out for the year. Tommy John surgery. Rich Hill was the number three, 43 years old entering last year. He did what he did. Basically was that lefty veteran that could be crafty. He could start about 20 games for them. He started 22. 
He was that Tyler Anderson, Jose Quintana type guy. They dealt him at the deadline. They got back what they were able to get back for him. The four and five last year, I think going into 2023, people were very optimistic about Luis Ortiz and Rowanzi Contreras. Complete opposite of that entering 2024. There's one guy in this rotation right now that was here this time last year, and that's Mitch Keller. Like Ortiz, I'm sure he'll get his starts in. Maybe Contreras gets back into it. Ortiz only started 15 games. Contreras started 11. Uh, He really blew up in those starts. Had an ERA over 6.5. They tried him out of the bullpen. It didn't really work out. Listen to some of the guys that started games last year. Now, Quinn Priester started eight games. You hope that he looks better than what he did uh, in his eight starts. His ERA was up over 7.7. It was not pretty what we got from Quinn Priester. Andre Jackson started seven games. Osvaldo Beto started nine games. Vince Velasquez started eight games. Didn't look half bad. Velasquez was good before he had Tommy John surgery. But again, Tommy John surgery. They lost JT Brubaker at Tommy John surgery. He's really not even in the mix. Maybe, maybe a mid to late season return for him. Uh, Bailey Falter, who technically you could say is in the rotation this year. He started seven games, but more of a an opener type guy. So yeah, I, I have I have a lot of concern with the starting rotation. You have Keller, who you hope is really close to. He doesn't have to be that first half player from last year. You hope he could at least be close to that. You have Brubaker and Oviedo on the shelf. Who knows what's going on with Ortiz and Contreras by the time we get to opening day. Marco Gonzalez, Martin Perez, they're going to be the lefty innings eaters. And depending on how things go, are they even on this roster in late July around the deadline? Quinn Priester, you have to hope, looks better than last year. I mean, if he looks worse than last year, I got some bad news for you. And then eventually we're going to get Paul Skeens. Maybe by June. Yeah, mid-May. Like my like my, my, my personal hope, my internal Pirates fan hope is we see Paul Skeens by June. I'm not going to make the push of he should he has to be on the roster opening day or he has to be out there by early May. I would love that. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to start to get annoyed if we get into the month of June and this guy ain't up here. I'd say probably an 80% chance that he is by the middle of June. June 15th, let's benchmark it, that he would be up here, barring an injury or any unforeseen circumstances. If he's pitching like the way that we think that he's capable of, I can't imagine with Super 2, extra year of club control, that he wouldn't be up at that point. I do agree with you, though, on the bullpen, because I I know that their plan – or their expected plan. This is something I've talked to uh, Jason Mackey about, Pirates Insider from the Post-Gazette. Their plan is basically get us through five innings and let the bullpen take care of it. Like, they want to try to replicate the shark tank from a decade ago. I don't – listen, I'm not going to say they're going to reach those levels because that was a hell of a bullpen that they had in its heyday with Tony Watson, Mark Melanson – 
Jason Grilly. It was the best in baseball. Ball game was over if you got to the seventh inning and you were losing to the Pirates. Like, that's why they ended up being so good for that three-year stretch. Now, some of those parts moved around a little bit, but for the most part, those three guys had a lot of say in it. Right now, Holderman, Chapman, Bednar, you could do worse in the back end of your bullpen. I don't know who that sixth inning guy would be. Carmen Majinski. But I I think right now they're playing absolutely hit five innings and let these guys take care of it. We'll take our chances with Holderman, Chapman, Bednar. And that's not saying that they're going to cap Mitch Keller if he's pitching a shutout in the fifth inning and just get it off to the bullpen as well. Like It can keep going, but that that's more likely the guys Marco Gonzalez, Martin Perez, eat some innings for us, pitch well, kind of like how Rich Hill was. Until he got traded at the deadline, obviously a little bit better results than what the Pirates are hoping for. But they had two starters all throughout September and parts of August last year. It was Keller and Oviedo. How about Oviedo? He had 15 games in which he allowed one run or fewer. I knew he had a lot of games where he he allowed very few runs. I, I, I liked the guy. I was, I was pretty upset seeing that he was going to be on the shelf. I mean, yeah, is he going to win any Cy Young awards? No. I mean, not that we've seen that in this city in the last 30 years, but... Very reliable, like, middle-of-the-rotation guy. He absolutely could be that. Like, if their top of the rotation was, hypothetically, which it could be this time next year, Skeens, Keller, Oviedo, I don't think that's I don't think that's all that bad. That's solid. Oviedo could be a three. And Oviedo's still only in his mid-20s. He's 25 years old. Uh, my other concern, I, I wanted to get back to what Michael McHenry said. Austin, the the implication, not saying that it would happen, but the implication that we could see Henry Davis start the year in AAA, I think that would be a huge mistake made by the organization. I'd be stunned by it, but by the way that McHenry and other people who are informed in Bradenton right now are saying it, it, it is a, it's a possibility. And signing us Ronnie Grundahl, we know how much the Pirates like Jason DeLay. And that's another thing that plays into a a factor here. They would not assign Grundahl if not for the injury to Andy Rodriguez. Henry Davis is good enough as a hitter. He's probably their best bat at the catcher position by far. If he's plays to his potential, and what we've seen at times last year, hitting two home runs off Otani in LA, he can be a middle-of-the-order bat. And if he's hitting like that in spring training with like a 350 or 300 average, whatever, it would be very hard for the Pirates to be able to do that. But they're going to prioritize his defense. They loved it with Austin Hedges. That's why they kept him in the lineup. They didn't care about his offensive production. Will the same apply for Davis if he can't catch and catch well? I See, here, here's the thing. We, we, we hear the stories. We hear like, oh, they have a lack of faith in Davis at, at, at catcher. I haven't seen anything. I have not seen video evidence of this guy being terrible defensively behind no. the plate. That's what I want to see. And I want to see it at the major league level. Like, don't piss around in AAA and in Indianapolis to see if this guy can hack it as a catcher. He was a 1-1 pick. Bring him up here, or keep him up here, I should say. If you want to have him catch, let him catch. And I want to see him fail in real game speed at the major league level. Like, if it looks like a kid in middle school back there, he can't handle a ball with with any sort of movement or speed or whatever. If the pitch framing is terrible, whatever. I want to see the guy actually fail at that position 
before we just rule out him having any shot. And I don't want them to waste time with him in AAA because, like you said, absolutely a middle-of-the-order bat. He should be their four or five hitter. If this guy was so bad at catching the baseball, why was he the number one overall pick? How was this not something that was documented? Obviously, they took him more so because of the bat, but there was no indication they were planning on moving him off the position. And right field didn't go too well. He's got a cannon of an arm out there, but, man, fielding with the Clemente wall out there didn't look pretty. And that that's a killer for your scouting department. Like, that makes them look awful. You had a selection of literally any player you wanted. You were the first overall pick in the draft. And I understand that wasn't a year like we just had where it was basically you pick one of two guys and you're going to get your flowers, whether it was Skeens or Dylan Cruz. So they pick Henry Davis, maybe a bit of a surprise, because I believe that was the Jack Leiter year too, right? Yeah, Marcelo Meyer, yeah, the Red there, Sox. There, there were a couple of like high school like shortstops and outfielders in the mix there. They picked a catcher that played college baseball who should have been on a pretty fast track to get up here, and now they're afraid to play him at the position. Like I, I, I think it's a, a terrible look all around if the dude starts in AAA, I like to think that that's just sort of a speculation type thing. And they get it figured out by the time we do hit late March and they open up against the Marlins because this dude has to be in the middle of your batting order. We're going to keep this conversation going, and you can join in too. 412-928-9370. Are you excited for Pirates baseball? The Buccos start... Spring training games on Saturday against the Twins at 105. Can this team be better than last season? Will this team be better than last season? What has you optimistic, if anything? 412-928-9370. That's also the fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Now it's time for an Austin Bechtold fan headline. Pitt basketball has won five games in a row. It's the best winning streak of anybody in the ACC. And a big game tomorrow against Wake Forest, 9 o'clock. You can hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan. Our coverage begins at 8.30. You can also hear it on your Odyssey app. ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi has the Panthers in the next four-out category in his bracket projections. Wake Forest is the first team left out of the field of 68. And Blake Hinston was named Naismith College Basketball Player of the Week. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Hey guys, Chris Muller here, and you've heard me talk a lot about Awaken 180 weight loss. For good reason, too. It changed my life. I lost 35 pounds in six weeks on the program, and thanks to the free coaching that you get for life, even after you reach your goal weight, I've kept that weight off. You've also heard me talking a lot about some of the side effects, potential side effects from weight loss medications, and they're really negative. But I want to focus on the positive side effects today that you get. I don't even want to call them side effects. They're like life effects with Awaken 180. Increased confidence, restful sleep, better mobility, better energy. That's what happens when you make the full lifestyle change that Awaken 180 created for me. Uh, you just feel way better. You have way more confidence in yourself, and you know that you're allowed to eat a little cheat meal once in a while because you're going to get right back on track and get back into those healthy habits that you work so hard to create. If you want that long-term, truly long-term solution for weight loss, give them a call. 844-346-1800 or schedule your consultation at awaken180weightloss.com.
50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge on Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. I missed that one by uh, by about 25 minutes, but I had to make up for it for my guy's city limits. It's Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan until 6 o'clock. And for the guys this afternoon, the Great American Race. Supposed to be beginning in about an hour from now. The Daytona 500. We'll talk about that a little bit in a few minutes. Right now, talking about your Pittsburgh Pirates. They open up the spring training schedule on Saturday afternoon against the Minnesota Twins. Vegas has the odds set for the Pirates' win-loss total at 75 and a half. Will they be better or worse than last season? If they reach that number, basically the same. They won 76 games last year. They went 76 and 86. After two seasons of losing 100-plus games and winning in the low 60s, 62 and 100, 61 and 101, a 14-game improvement last year. For the Buckos. Austin, something else that we didn't even talk about a few minutes ago. This team should be getting more than nine games from perhaps their most electric player in 2024. We got 40 plate appearances from O'Neill Cruz last season, and they still had a 14-win improvement. Now, you can have your worries about the the rotation. I absolutely do. You can have your worries elsewhere. But if you get a full season from your most exciting player, I think you have to at least be a little bit optimistic about that. There were sincere talks going into last year that O'Neill Cruz could be a 30-30 guy. There was the talk of maybe even a 40-40 season, which is basically Ronald Acuna numbers from last year. MVP type of season. He has the type of impact where it changes maybe five games where he hits a big home run in the eighth inning that you don't expect in a one-run ball game to tie it up or a two-run home run to win it, even in the sixth inning, whatever it might be, and use his speed to go first to third with one out and you get a sacrifice fly. There's a lot of different things that he brings to the table that we're missing. Now, you could also say on the flip side, defensively, how great is he going to be? I'd rather just project the bat and see how great that's going to be potentially for the Pirates this year because he's maybe going to hit leadoff, maybe fourth in the lineup. He's going to be their best offensive player, and it was completely lost last year in a team that was eh, okay offensively. Well, it's funny, too, whenever we just get done talking about Henry Davis, who they wanted to experiment with in right field because they're worried about him playing at the position that he's played at for a while. They wanted to do the same thing with O'Neill Cruz. This time over the last few years – Oh, O'Neill Cruz can't play shortstop. He's too long and gangly and lanky. Like he can't he can't play at short. He can't play in the infield. We have to put him in the outfield. Now we don't hear any of that. Not because at all. he played at short and believe it or not, he didn't fail, even though we were all projecting that this guy would not be able to do it at the major league level. Not only did he not fail, he made some huge highlight plays. Now, I don't see what is so wrong about having the world's tallest shortstop at that position? Because you want somebody there 
that has the ability to cover a lot of ground, has a lot of range, not many would be able to do it better than this guy. No, not at all. And the tools are obviously what stands out for him. You don't hear anything about the outfield, and it's partly because, and now we're not saying that he's a great defender, and he might never be a great defender. He can be a little bit wild with just picking the ball and the way that he's throwing it over to first base. Not Pedro Alvarez, though, on the left side of the infield. He just brings a star factor to the team that really nobody else does. Andrew McCutcheon's not in his prime anymore. He's notable, probably the most notable player of anybody else on the team. But by the end of the season this year, if O'Neill Cruz plays the way that so many of us think he can, he's going to be that guy. I think Cruz can easily be a 2020-type player. I think he could actually reach that 30-30 threshold. I, I really can. I think he's that electric of a player. He's also the type of player that gets fans interested in going to the ballpark because you he's the type of athlete that you'll watch on TV and you'll think if you're a, a big Pirates fan or maybe just a big baseball fan because we know in baseball one of the beauties of – the, the summer game is that people travel all over. They take road trips to see different teams in different cities, different stadiums. He's the type of player that the Pirates have not had in a while, really since McCutcheon in his prime. Like you say, I want to be able to see that guy in person because he does some things that normal athletes are not supposed to be able to do. Like he is the easy can turn a single into a double. He's the easy go first to third. Uh, he's easily somebody who can uh, move around on the bases and he can also hit the baseball 450 feet. Almost 500 in batting practice. He, he just needs to learn how to slide and he'll be able to protect himself better. He's the type of guy that sells tickets, sells merchandise, sells gear, is obviously good for the Pirates. I would not be surprised, Donnie, if he makes the All-Star team and if he's a guy where we reach the point at the end of the year where we're talking about extension for O'Neill Cruz. Kind of how Brian Reynolds got done last year. Brian Hayes the year before. This is supposed to be the spring of Mitch Keller. There hasn't been any talks in the last couple of days that potentially that might be an option. But Cruz is logically the next guy in line for that. It's like the volcano that's ready to erupt. We've been told about it. We know it's potentially happening. We're planning for it. It just needs to actually happen at this point. Yeah, you got to take your shot here with this kid. Like you got a guy that's 24 years old. And you got him in a deal with the Dodgers uh, from a few years ago. And we hear people bitch and moan and complain about the the prospects that they always bring in. Uh, my my father being one of them. Like that generation, I don't know how, how your father always views it, but they always hear prospects in return on a trade and they just get bummed out. Oh, when will any of these guys ever pan out? Well, here's one right here who maybe that immediate trade – you didn't really know who O'Neill Cruz was, and now here we are a few seasons later, and he's the most electrifying player that this team can put in their lineup. I mean, he's without he's got to be the one or two hitter right. in the lineup, and he's a reason why people will actually find the Pirates relevant and optimistic in 2024. Brian Reynolds will probably hit second. You might see Cruz lead off, maybe McCutcheon third. But, but, I mean, you're right. He's somebody who can help bring a national spotlight and some national attention to Pittsburgh, which has not been seen here since, what, maybe 2018, the last time that they were over 500, at least since 2015, if not that. 
See, I I wouldn't like Kutch hitting third. I I think that's too too high in the lineup for him. I I, I would have him down at like number six, if you ask me, because he he can still get on base at a very good rate. He walked a ton last year. McCutcheon walked seventy five times last season. He only struck out a hundred times. That that's a a pretty favorable rate for any major league hitter. Like he still was getting on base a lot, a three seventy eight on base percentage. Yeah, that's why. I, I, I would put him a little bit lower down just because I, I think you can have a promising top half of the lineup. Like, you start with Cruz, Reynolds batting second. Then I would go with, uh, honestly, I would go with Brian Hayes third. Uh, you can maybe maybe switch this around, but... I like someone like Henry Davis in a cleanup spot. That's how much I think his bat can be. Cleanup spot in Indianapolis. Then you go Sawinski, number five, then Kutch, then my buddy Rowdy Telez. Let's get Rowdy. The big first baseman. Then with the eight and nine spot, you can roll with, uh, if you start Davis in right field, I mean, I don't know wh- which way we want to look at this. But either like a Connor Joe, if he's the right fielder, Ugh. if we're assuming that uh, Davis is the catcher, you got our, got Josh Palacios still out there. They don't have a right fielder. In right field. Well, it's funny because you pull up their depth chart and they have like seven guys listed. And if they move. Despite not having a set player out there. They move Sawinski to right, then they don't have a center fielder. So they are missing one significant piece in the outfield. And then I think you round it out with whoever's at second base. Because you got like three guys there too. You got Pagaro, you have G1 Bay, and you have Gonzalez. Probably Pagaro. He's gonna end up being the guy at that spot. But yeah, I mean, I- I'm I'm glad that Kutch is back. I mean, his return last year was awesome. Like one of those special moments in sports. Like the dude finally came back home, and will hopefully finish out his career in Pittsburgh. But I wouldn't be too inspired if we had a 36 year old. Just chilling at number three in the lineup. Now, maybe every so often, I don't know, depending on how things can get jumbled up and you get your Sunday lineups. Uh, We know Derek Shelton loves to move the lineup around. Maybe it's because he doesn't have the guys that at least didn't last year or the year before that that he thinks can considerably stick in certain spots other than Reynolds, but they move guys around so frequently. I mean, I think think you want to try to roll with some consistency. Yes. Because, I mean, we we can see what happens when – like, guys are always moving around. Like, athletes are creatures of habit. Baseball players, as much as any of them. I mean, don't just flip-flop everything the the way the lineup is. 412-928-9370 if you want to join the conversation. Twitter, brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Coming up next, the Great American Race. 30 to 60 minutes away. I'm not sure. that I know they've had some weather concerns in Daytona. So it's in between that time span when things will get started down in Daytona, the 500 in a little bit. We'll dive into that. Who do we like in the Daytona 500? Austin and I will give a couple names for you. 412-928-9370 if you want to join the conversation. It's Donnie Football here on 93.7 The Fan, but right now, 
in Austin City Limits. Fan headline. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Blake Henson has been named ACC Player of the Week, including National Player of the Week for the Pitt Panthers. Winners of five games in a row. Tied for fourth place in the ACC with Wake Forest. That's the opponent tomorrow for Pitt. Nine o'clock in Winston-Salem. 8.30 is when our coverage begins right here on 93.7 The Fan. And you can also listen to it on your Odyssey app. After the Penguins' 2-1 loss yesterday to the LA Kings honoring Yarmir Yager, Pens are still 7th in the Metro. It's 10 points out of 3rd place Philadelphia for the last playoff spot in the division, 7 points out of a wild card spot. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 93.7thefan.com. Hey, it's Andrew Filipponi for the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 93.7 The Fan, the official betting partner of the NBA. So now that the football season has officially ended, it's time to take a look at Pro Hoops. And right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. And all you have to do is get the bet right. It can be something as simple as a big favorite to win, on the money line, Boston, for example, the Celtics have had such a great season. They're in a matchup against a team they're clearly better than at home. Bet five bucks on them to win the game. They probably will. And then you'll get $150 in bonus bets coming your way. That's part of what makes FanDuel so great, giving you opportunities to make uh, quick bets and get quick cash. FanDuel.com slash Andrew and shoot your shot today. 21 plus and present in PA. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is now withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms. Sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Chris Muller here, and let's talk about some facts. Here's one. No other car brand is giving you more value for your money than Mitsubishi. That's why you've got to head right now to Shorky Mitsubishi for their President's Day event. The deals are going to help keep more of your presidents in your pocket. Like on popular Outlanders, I'm driving one right now, seven-passenger capable, all-wheel drive. You know I love it. $299 a month or finance at 0% for 60 months. Or you can go electric. I've also driven this one and save up to $5,000 on the Outlander Hybrid. They've got Eclipse Crosses as well, $299 a month or 1.9% financing for 60 months. So many other great deals. And you're still getting that 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And Shorky Mitsubishi is going to throw in two years of prepaid maintenance on every 2024 month model right now is the time grab your trade and swap keys get your deal your way what a great day just in time for spring president's day savings all month long on the area's best mitsubishi inventory and you can always shop online at shortkeymitsubishi.com it's the pm team neither p or m are in the building they are celebrating the president's day holiday 
in style. We will have some fun presidential talk in the 5 o'clock hour. Don't worry, nothing newsy, just fun. A little bit of presidential trivia as well. I will quiz Austin City Limits on presidential trivia. 412-928-9370 if you want to join the conversation. Uh, We had a postponement yesterday in the world of NASCAR, something always a little bit worrisome when you get around to Daytona 500 day. Uh, Bad weather in Daytona. Uh, Those guys cannot safely do their jobs in a downpour. Uh, Although, I think NASCAR more than any other sport, Austin, it's NASCAR and it's competitive eating that people watch and most will say, it's like the sports that you'll get most of, oh, I could do that. That's not too hard. (laughs) I don't think I can eat 75 or 79 hot dogs like Joey Chestnut. Yeah, like some, some people, they'll have like, a drunken 4th of July where they eat like seven hot dogs and they think that they're the next Joey Chestnut over like a five-hour span. Meanwhile, that dude just ate 10 times the amount in 10 minutes. Or you see Yager say he was going 120 with all the speeding tickets he got and might be able to join NASCAR. Yeah, like, oh, man, all they do is turn left. I could do that. It's not too hard. Meanwhile, these guys are driving 200 miles per hour and they are like six inches away from each other. Like, listen, buddy, you're driving down 376, and it's not a lot of traffic, and you're you're hitting it at like 70, and I'm sure you're really revved up. Not the same. Not the same at all. Plus, I wonder if these guys would all slow down to like 25 if they saw a tunnel somewhere on the track. Yeah, you're not Antonio Brown on McKnight Road over here. So the race expected to start between... 4 and 4.30 today. Uh, The Rock is the Grand Marshal. You know I'm a Rock guy, Austin, from his professional wrestling days. Speaking of presidents, uh, it's been a a hot take of mine for quite a while now. That man will be in office one day. There will be a day, Austin, where our options for president will not be guys that are as old as your grandfather. You know, I would say there's no chance of that, but I don't even know what you can predict with presidents anymore. Hey, I mean, DJT opened up the door. Now now anybody can, can kick it down and get in there. Anyway, Daytona 500, less than an hour away. I know that people don't always enjoy watching it on television. Like I said, a very easy sport for people to hate on. Austin, I don't know how much you follow it if you watch the 500 and maybe nothing else I think that's the common thing for people to do if they do watch any race it's going to be the Daytona 500 and then that's that I'll try to watch a couple more races than I do like the year prior almost like a goal I set but it also gets tough for me because their playoffs are right in the middle of the NFL season. I'm not giving up an NFL Sunday to watch NASCAR. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it. It's just not that interesting to me. It's so, just not. You I, know, I, I'd, I'd rather watch a Fast and Furious movie than watch all kind of racing during the year. Yeah. Well, Lord knows they've made like 25 of those, so you can take your choice. Another one's coming. Uh, 
which The Rock, again, also very heavily involved in. Maybe that's why he, he wants to be at Daytona today. I get that watching on TV can get boring, something that you throw on on a Sunday afternoon in the late winter, early spring. Maybe you doze off for a couple of hours on the couch. You wake up. Hey, the race is almost over. Now it's going to start to get good. Going to a race is awesome. If you ever get the opportunity to do that, Austin, or anybody out there listening, I highly recommend it. It's not overly expensive, at least in my experience. I don't know what Daytona will cost you because that is the race. I mean, this is their Super Bowl. Not overly expensive. The tailgating is almost unmatched. They let you bring your beer into the venue. They let you bring a cooler in there. Incriculent. It is. It's hard to beat. I've gone a few times with the Nasty Boys. Awesome experience. But the 500 is a pretty good watch for people. It's unpredictable. It's wild. I saw a tweet earlier today. This coming from NASCAR man on Twitter, Austin, a guy with 34,000 followers. In the last seven years, an average of 78% of the cars in the Daytona 500 are involved in crashes. We know, similar to the sport of hockey, people like to see fights. In NASCAR, people like to see wrecks. And that's what you get. 30 out of the 40 cars last year, 27 out of 40 the year before, 30 the year before that, 33, 36 cars in 2019. So in the last five years of the Daytona 500 in the 40-car field, the minimum amount of cars that have been involved in a crash by the time they get to the end of that 500 miles is 27 cars. So you see action because being that it's the Super Bowl of the sport, you have some guys out there who this might be the only race they they do all season, might be one of only three or four. And if you're in a position to pretty much take your shot, you go for it. If it results in a wreck, it results in a wreck. But it's like the race that guys have to go for. If they never win another race again, if they win the Daytona 500, doesn't matter. They will be remembered forever as somebody who won at Daytona. I mean, Richard Petty won the thing seven times. Denny Hamlin's won it three times he's going for four today so who do I have a few bucks on today I did I did pick a couple of guys because again it's a 40 car field I don't know if you have this pulled up in front of you I have some Austin now Denny Hamlin he's the favorite it was Joey Logano before yesterday Hamlin has hopped him because Hamlin going for his fourth win at Daytona. He won back-to-back in 2019 and 2020. He is the favorite, right around plus 800 or so around the board. Ryan Blaney, he won the Cup last year. He's around 1,100 to 1,200. But I, I took some advice, so... Colin, Colin Dunlap, his son Declan, a huge NASCAR follower, a huge racing follower. So I do always hit up Colin when it comes to 
some Daytona 500 thoughts or just any other race like, hey, who does Declan like this week? I know he follows it religiously. He has his own podcast that he puts on YouTube. Colin texted me a couple of days ago and said, Declan really likes Corey LaJoy this week. Corey LaJoy, you can bet on him to win plus 5,000. I said, all right, what the heck? I have no idea who that is. You throw five bucks on the guy. You're pulling in 250 bucks. Uh, Ross, the boss, Chastain, I, I'll, I'll put a few bucks on him. Uh, he won a, a, a multiple races last year. So the, the three I went with, I did go with Hamlin, the betting favorite, Corey LaJoy, and Ross Chastain. I'll pick like three out of the 40, knock it out ahead of myself. Colin also said that Declan likes Eric Jones to finish in the top 10. So I did that. Doesn't like him to win, but he likes a top 10 finish there. But you get some random guys to win this thing. It's not always just the best driver. It's guys you've heard of, but like Michael McDowell won in 2021. Didn't have much business doing so. Austin Sindrick won in 2022. He's been an okay driver. What about Kyle Busch? Kyle Busch, I, I'm i scrolling back Has here. He I don't, I don't think all? he's ever won. Kurt Busch won. He's got decent odds this year. Kurt Busch won in 2017. Kyle Busch always has good odds when it comes to these. But, yeah, Kurt Busch won in 2017. Kyle Busch has never won. And Earnhardt Sr. only had one victory. It took him forever to win, and he won in 1998. And then, obviously, his his death three years later, Dale Jr. has won the race twice. But don't get that confused either because number three, a much, much better driver than the number eight was. Well, if you're picking somebody, who are you going with? I'll pick Kyle Busch. Get over the hump. All righty. I, like, I mean, he's always... He's always in the mix of it. He's, I don't even have it in front of me. I'm sure he's starting very high up. So Austin likes Kyle Busch to win his first Daytona 500. We'll see if it happens, buddy. 412-928-9370. Coming up next, Brian Batko, Steelers insider from the Post-Gazette, going to join us for a few minutes. But first, fan weather. Brought to you by Sun Chevy. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Sunny today, high of 41. Tonight, clear. Low of 25. It's Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7. The fan. Chris Muller here for the Bath Authority. And I want to talk to the people out there right now who've got the old, outdated looking or just covered in mold and mildew, filled with broken tiles, bathtub or shower, right? The thing that just is an eyesore that's been bugging you for a while. If that describes you, you've got to call my friends at the Bath Authority. They provide the highest quality bathroom remodeling products, and they're also going to provide you with a world-class customer experience. These are modern, durable tubs and showers they've got, and they've got an exclusive high-tech polymer liner. Long story short, that polymer liner is going to help it last for decades, that new shower or that new tub, whatever you get. Plus, it comes with a lifetime warranty. They do it all, walk-in tubs, replacement showers, tub-to-shower conversions, so much more. 
Right now, what you need to do is schedule your free in-home estimate today and get $1,000 off a new shower or bath plus 36 months of interest-free financing. TheBathAuthority.com. A better bath awaits. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge on Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. It's Donnie Football with you on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan until 6, filling in for Andrew Filipponi and Chris Muller this afternoon. Austin Bechtold, my guy behind the glass this afternoon. Right now, we got to the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC, HVAC provider for over 50 years. That's where we find Steelers insider Brian Batko from the Post-Gazette. Brian it is President's Day. We will get to some of those presidential questions in a little bit. Uh, Got to start with Mason Rudolph. Uh, is he the favorite to be back as this team's backup now? Well, Donnie, I don't know if I'd call him the favorite. I, I guess I'd probably take him if I had to pick one horse in the field, but uh, I certainly can't overlook the the Ryan Tannehill connection to Arthur Smith. Um you know, I, as much as I also don't think that the Steelers would bring in Russell Wilson or somebody of that, you know, magnitude, uh, it, it kind of just dawned on me uh, a little bit ago that completely forgot about this, but Russell Wilson is a business partner with Acrisure and uh, Steelers minority uh, owner Thomas Tall. So that's sort of just one of those connections to keep in the back of your mind. That doesn't mean that they do business uh, on the football field together, but um, that's that's sort of an interesting little footnote as we get into the free agency, uh, you know, full speed here. That is an interesting little nugget there. I did not know that about Russell Wilson. Uh, I, I, it's one of those things, Donnie, I knew that at one time, and, you know, you kind of just forget when it's out of sight. Like, you, you know, Akersher gets announced as the new naming rights, and it's, you know, you dig into them, and then you kind of just go on about your, your day covering football. So that kind of just popped back up on my radar. Uh, if Rudolph is the guy back – how real petition are we looking at at quarterback? Well, I think that's one of the interesting things about Rudolph. I could see it one of two ways. Number one, it's it's sort of less awkward for Kenny Pickett because they already have a relationship. They've been teammates for a couple years. You know, they, they know each other. They seem to get along well. But it could also be more awkward because of the way the, the stretch run went for the Steelers and, and Mike Tomlin sticking with him so I, I just think if if Rudolph does return and you know this is a business so it it might depend on what the financial amount would be for him returning but how can you not have a legitimate competition after the way he played for the Steelers offense in, in those final three games and then even the playoff game where he really wasn't as bad as the uh the final score or the numbers might suggest so yeah I mean it's it's a, a delicate uh you know situation I think for everybody Hard to know where the Steelers want to go with it. And our Jerry Dulac even reported over the weekend in his uh, quarterback analysis story that that you can read on the Post Gazette website that there's some internal division too as to what the Steelers should do. And you know, I think people make a big deal out of that, but it's it's probably more matter of fact than anything. You you got multiple veteran quarterbacks on the roster, one an older veteran, one a younger veteran, and you're going to have people uh, pulling for one or the other, and that's sort of the essence of competition. Yeah, I mean, there has to be a fear that it would split the locker room right down the middle or even turn it against Kenny Pickett, the former first-round pick. Is there not? Yeah, 
I don't know about that one. I, I think the the locker room split or whatever is is more so goes along with who's producing for you. You're going to favor the guy who's putting up numbers, and uh, you're you're not going to want to see as much of the, of the guy who made the offense struggle. So, I mean, I think the Deontay Johnson comment after the Bills game kind of got blown out of proportion a little bit. But um, you know, it there there might be more to it behind the the scenes. But I just think what he actually said didn't hold a, a ton of weight. I think it was more of an off-the-cuff sort of, we'll see who gets the job, and if Mason gets it, wish him the best. Speaking of Deontay Johnson, uh, that JPA football page on Twitter uh, <laughs> wrongly identified you, Brian, as I Steelers. They, they came so close to getting my name right. Steelers beat writer Brian Balco. Uh, anyway, yeah. you suggesting. I'm not selling steroid cream, I promise. <laughs> that 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 is what I thought of whenever I saw that last name. Like, oh, that that could be uh, Brian yeah, if he was yeah, the my, steroid my cousin, guy. My cousin sent me that today, and they were like, oh, he, they came so close. Because I really, I honestly do not follow any of those aggregators. It's it's so bad, as evidenced by what you're about to uh, to ask me. So, go ahead. Yeah, the uh, the possibility that the Steelers could trade Deontay Johnson coming from Brian Balco, your arch nemesis. <laughs> my alter ego. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said on the podcast that they – dug that up from and I don't know what the exact you know chain of command is I'm, I'm glad somebody's out there listening I'm guessing maybe a Steelers blog uh watched and picked it up and then it gets into the hands of the uh the JPA footballs of the world I mean no I was just wondering out loud with my guy Chris Carter from the Post-Gazette because of this isn't like some out of left field thing where I picked a random player on the roster and said would the Steelers want to trade this guy we know some of the, the friction that happened with Deontay Johnson this year, right? The, the Minka Fitzpatrick uh, incident, if you want to call it that, in Cleveland was a real thing that both guys spoke about. The body language was something that we could all see watching the games. The non-effort on the fumble in Cincinnati was an issue. So, um, you know, it's, it's just really those things. It's nothing that I've, uh, you know, trying to report from uh, behind the scenes. It's, it's just sort of a simple accounting uh, of the circumstances there with a guy who's also going into the last year of his deal, a deal that he probably hasn't played up to when you just look at the uh, the price that they paid for him a couple summers ago. Brian Backo, Steelers insider from the Post-Gazette, is our guest here on 93.7 The Fan. Brian, when it comes to Cam Hayward, is a restructuring in the works or even an extension that can kind of push that, that uh, monetary value down the road a little bit? How will they do things with his contract? Yeah, that's that's going to be intriguing to see because I just think we all kind of look at it sensibly, logically, and say something's got to give here. That that's a huge cap hit for a guy at at his age and who dealt with so many injuries last year by his own admission. You know, he he didn't want it to be that kind of season, but you know, sometimes you just have those bad luck. And he just posted on Instagram today about getting a postseason surgery complete. Um, but he himself said on his podcast that he's not people suggesting he take a pay cut. Don't know what they're talking about. Um, and we know he's always kind of chippy. Like he's a, uh, he's sort of a, an underdog chip on the shoulder guy by nature. So that's, that's one to watch there. I I'm sure cooler heads will prevail, but we know that the Steelers have had to draw a hard line with guys in the past. We know how it went with Ben. It got done for that final season but I think we all know it was a bit contentious. He himself has said that he wasn't sure that everybody, all the decision makers there wanted him back. Most notable Kevin Colbert may not have been on board with that whole plan. Um, but like I said, they did find a way to hammer it out. So I, I think they'll do the same 
with Cam, but you know, we we saw other Steelers careers play out not as warm and fuzzy toward the end. Uh speaking of the defensive front, Brian, is Larry Ogunjobi's job safe? I don't think so. I don't think it should be. I mean, he he's he's not bad, but you know, you you paid him like a guy who was going to go out there and get you six, seven, eight sacks from the defensive line position and, you know, even more so when he went from 1B to 1A with Cam Hayward out, or I guess I should say he went from sort of your B guy to your A guy, or he, or he had to be at least. And uh, I, I don't think his production uh, really merits the, the cap hit that he would have next year either. And, and that was a deal that when it was handed out, I, I think the, the positive was, hey, he was hurt a lot. You know, he was coming off the foot injury. He didn't practice a lot. Once he gets more, you know, reps during weeks and stuff, he's, he's going to be better. And I just didn't see it. From him, again, not a bad player, but I think that's a contract that you have to seriously consider just eating and moving on to the younger guys and hoping they're ready to step up, whether that's a Isaiah Loudermilk, DeMarvin Leal. I certainly think Keanu Benton's ready to be a starter, uh, but you know how much they like to rotate. And uh, and even a guy like Braden Fahoko, who was on the practice squad last year, you maybe bring him back uh, for cheap and actually put him on the 53 and, and have him eat up some double teams occasionally. Uh, Mason Cole do about five million. Allen Allen Robinson do double that. Uh, is either guy uh, on the roster when the twenty twenty four season kicks off? I assume Robinson has to be a no. Yeah, Robinson I think is a is a lock to be a cap casualty. I'm surprised he wasn't part of the first round uh, with Mitch Trubisky, Chukes Okorafor, and Presley Harvin. Uh, Cole I could see going either way. I think if I had to guess right now, I'd. I'd say no so that they maybe have some more financial wiggle room, but he's a great locker room guy. I think he would readily accept a backup role if they draft a center high, which I have a feeling they will. And, you know, you you don't want to necessarily pay a backup lineman that much, but depth helps. And, you know, the fact that he has guard flexibility on his NFL track record is is helpful as well. So I'd be looking to upgrade from him at center. And if you feel like you do that, Maybe think about uh, shaving and shaving him off if you want to spend that money elsewhere. But I could also understand bringing him back for sure. Should the Steelers target Tyler Boyd in free agency? That's that's a tricky one. I think uh, I think that's got to be on his radar, right? He's he's out in Cincinnati. Uh, I think the the prospect of coming home with with family and stuff being close by would be um, you know worth looking into for him. But I wonder how that locker room personality would would mesh he's he said some things about the Steelers that right. you can't take back um you know I I guess at the end of the day bygones will be bygones if uh if all the financials make sense and, and in his case if the role is is what he wants at this point in his NFL career but man he uh he did not mince words at times over these last five or six years with the Bengals so that's I think something that you would have to take stock of if you're the Steelers and, and you want to throw an offer out to him I just Purely from a uh, you know on-field personnel fit, I think it would make a ton of sense as a slot receiver, a quarterback's best friend. If you're riding with Kenny Pickett, you give him a guy that he obviously didn't play with at Pitt, but certainly knows and would have a connection with that way. So uh, I, I like it X's and O's wise, but again, I, I think you'd have to uh, say, hey, <laughs> you know, it it didn't matter when they brought in Larry Ogunjobi, I guess, and his history with Mason Rudolph, but this one's a little bit more recent, obviously. Uh, is Najee Harris's fifth-year option being exercised a foregone conclusion at this point? I think so. I, it would, you know, I was way more on the fence uh, a couple months ago, but the way he finished the season, the way he and Jalen Warren complement each other, I, I think that's a, 
that's a good bargain at this point for the Steelers. And as somebody asked me in my chat today, which you can go read the, the transcript on the PG website, um, would you use this opportunity pre-tag to extend Najee Harris? I don't think I would do that. I think I'd pick up the option, benefit from that last year of contractual control, and then probably wish him well in free agency um, a year after that. Brian, which Steeler would make the best president? You told me you had this answer ready, so I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, I'll actually, I'll give you a ticket, not just a president. A ticket? Um, my, my, yeah, my definite answer for president is Miles Killebrew. The, the, the locker room interactions that I've had uh, over his three years here, very impressive, polished speaker, uh, good sense of humor. I think he gets it. Um, so he'd be my president pick for sure. And because I just wrote about this guy, maybe he's fresh in my mind. He's technically not a stealer anymore, but Miles Jack as the vice president, I think he has the right disposition for that. And he's got some like presidential experience right now. He's, he's owning and operating a minor league hockey team uh, in the ECHL down in the Dallas area. You can check out my story on that uh, on the PG. So I'm going Miles Killebrew and Miles Jack as my presidential ticket from the Steelers. Killebrew and Jack 2024. I might write that in once it gets to uh, November, Brian, because yeah. we, my, we might my, have to, Donnie. Because I don't my, know their politics, but we might have to. Yeah, my, my usual routine is to just write in a name uh, and not choose yeah. from the options I have. Uh, well, Brian, I'll, I'll let you get get to it on President's Day. Thank you for taking the time, buddy. It's a great day at the Batco House because the Girl Scout cookies just got dropped off by my my wonderful neighbor Emily Shaler Middle School. So, oh, that's big! Uh, it's gonna you, be a night. You, you have the uh, yeah. Great American Race on, or are you not a NASCAR guy? No, not much of a NASCAR guy. But Shaler boys basketball playoffs start tonight, Donnie. So I'm gonna be locked in. Uh oh, Whippy old basketball playoffs always a good time. Absolutely. See you guys. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. There you go, Brian Batco, Steelers insider from the PG. Coming up. We'll get into a little bit of what Brian was talking about. The Steelers with a little bit of distrust at the quarterback position. A whole lot of question marks in a division that is loaded with good quarterback play. We'll get to that coming up next. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. It's Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. But right now, a City Limits fan headline. Blake Henson has been named ACC Player of the Week for the Pitt Panthers, currently shooting 43% from behind the three-point arc, set a career-high 41 points, tied for the third most in program history on Saturday against Louisville for the Panthers, who battle Wake Forest on Tuesday. Pitt has won five games in a row, currently tied with Wake Forest for fourth place in the conference. ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi has the Panthers as one of the next four teams out in his bracket projections, Wake Forest, one of the first teams left out of the field of 68. A critical game for bracket implications at 9 o'clock. You can hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan, beginning with our pregame coverage at 8.30. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 93.7thefan.com. Your sex life might be dead right now. Erectile dysfunction like you can't believe no matter what you look at or what you see. It's not moving. It's right where it is. Stay in put. Well, how would you like to get your sex drive going and the other thing up and ready to go? Regenesis. Feel better than you did in your 20s. Free physician consult. Free blood work today. Set that up now. 724-510-0024. That's 724-510-0024. Or go to freebloodwork.com.
So one of the topics we just got done talking about with Brian Batko, Steelers insider from the Post-Gazette, that quarterback story that came out over the weekend. A lot of eyebrows raised from the Jerry Dulac piece. A couple things mentioned in there. Rudolph not opposed to returning to the Steelers. And the the local insiders, the local beat reporters, the local writers, uh, along with Jerry, think it's the most reasonable option. But my worry is what kind of competition are we looking at? Would it give the best shot at a competition? We had the this awkward encounter, by the way, Patrick Peterson with Bryant McFadden on the All Things Covered podcast where he started to say something about the quarterback position, then he retracted and he stopped himself and he was worried that, oh, I'm still in the league. This is going to make people mad, which also, who knows if Peterson's even on the roster next season. He could very well be a cap casualty by the time we hit free agency. But we know this about Mason Rudolph, and if he comes back, he's already won over the team and a lot of that locker room. And without question, the top two receiving targets on the roster. So that being the way it is, I think it would do more harm than good unless they are ready to admit that they don't care about where Kenny Pickett is right now and they're ready to rip that Band-Aid off and move on. Because that that's a move that would drive the locker room apart because of how last season ended. Because there are several guys in that room that saw a dude who was buried on the depth chart for years come in and save the day, save the season, and virtually resulted in a benching of the 2022 first-round pick. And this was a little piece from Jerry's article, so quoting him here. In any event, the Steelers are not interested in bringing in a quarterback who wants to be a starter. That would include Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins and probably Russell Wilson, who has a connection with the Steelers. They are committed to giving Pickett a third season to see if he is the guy and to do more than just win a playoff game, something they haven't done in a franchise record seven years. How does that quote make you feel, City Limits? Not great. I mean, the Steelers with no interest in not even really going outside the box, just no interest in improving the quarterback room. They have a quarterback that has to match up with three guys in the division. One of them, I know how people feel about him. You can have all the negative thoughts in the world about Deshaun Watson, as do I. But he, he has it in him somewhere to play like a near MVP. Maybe not anymore. We better hope it's not anymore because the other two guys absolutely 
can play at an MVP level. One of them has won the award twice already, and I can confidently say if I had to bet on the remainder of the career for Joe Burrow to win the award, I think he would do so. This might not be the best analogy, but bear it with me for a little bit. It seems like the whole facade with Kenny Pickett is it was love at first sight when he was a Heisman candidate. He was a Heisman finalist. He was somebody who fell to the Steelers in the draft. They did not expect to see it. They did not expect him to be there. He was projected as high as six to Carolina. So he comes in, and there's some good moments. And it looks solid. It looks great against the Raiders. It looks great in Baltimore when you needed to win to still have your playoff hopes alive. And then it all comes crashing down. It falls apart. And you blame injuries. You blame Matt Canada. You blame a lot of other different things. It's like the girlfriend that you don't want to break up with and you kind of still hold on to a little bit because you think things are going to change and some good things are coming down the road. And you really hope that things can really become what you dreamt for them to be when you first started dating or when you first drafted Kenny Pickett and you think that, yes, this can ultimately take us to the promised land. Yeah, I mean, you're you're in a spot right now with your organization that it gets more serious and more important, really, as the offseason goes, what they can do at the quarterback position. But per this report from Jerry Dulac and seemingly a lot of the local media who are ready to poo-poo anything about Justin Fields at any turn or any suggestion of an outsider that would come in, whether that be Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins. I mean, this makes me even wonder if they would do the Ryan Tannehill thing because Tannehill, even though he's in his late 30s, at least has a resume put together that he's been there and done that, and he did so with Arthur Smith. That would make me think, That's even out of the question. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't think anybody really considers Ryan Tannehill a viable NFL starting quarterback at this point. And Arthur Smith probably realizes that. They're not going to bring Ryan Tannehill in without that type of conversation and know that he would be the backup, no questions asked. But we also had this today from Peter King, Monday morning quarterback, uh, writing about the Steelers. In a division with Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson – the Steelers would actually choose to enter camp with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph if he does sign back here in free agency. That sounds like a colossal misjudgment of your quarterback position. I mean, that's to me, that that's pretty much asking for these guys to just really slug along, and the problem is they won't ever finish poorly enough to be in the top five or really even the top ten. Like, they will somehow, some way, get to a point next season where they are seven and eight with a couple of games to go or right there in the hunt. They're eight and eight going into the final game of the season. They will be right there back around 500, and they won't be bad enough to do it in the draft. Now, hey, if Pickett comes out, and we see something with Arthur Smith that we did not see under Matt Canada, that we did not see in his two seasons, then we can 
kind of just wipe this clean and think that maybe there is something there. But there's absolutely warranted reason for people to doubt that from happening. You mentioned the division. How about the conference with the back-to-back Super Bowl champion quarterback and the best in the game right now? Oh, Justin Herbert has a coach now. Or Josh Allen, the human highlight reel. This is not the NFC. You can't be patient. You don't have time to wait and hope that a middle-of-the-road quarterback can guide you far in the playoffs. Now, do you try to bank on a high upside like Justin Fields? Okay. It's not like he's technically proven anything also, but it just seems like Kenny Pickett doesn't have the traits of the star quarterbacks as well. Even to be in the upper echelon, maybe in the middle portions of quarterbacks right now. If you're the Steelers and 15 teams in the AFC, you're in that bottom third. You can't be in that bottom third. How about the schedule they have next season? And really, just the home schedule. Now, from a standpoint of seeing teams that excite you and getting to see some teams you don't see very often, it's good. Like for a a season ticket holder like myself, I think the home schedule next year is awesome. I don't think they'll bode well against it. You want to know the quarterbacks they face next year just at home? Obviously the ones we know in the division. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, and then Daniel Jones. We honestly cannot say you can maybe debate one of them that the Steelers have a better quarterback situation then. But they will go into every one of those games. Now, they'll get lucky, I'm sure, with injuries. They'll end up facing half of these teams on their second and third quarterbacks, for all we know. But right now, the eight games they play at home, the eight teams they face at home, the only one you can even maybe argue the Steelers have a better quarterback situation than is the Giants. And he's getting paid $45 million. He has still proven he still won a playoff game as recently as last season. So that so that's where things are right now. It looks like a mess. All right, coming up, it's normally – the Donnie football debrief today. It'll be the Bechtold breakdown. That's coming up next. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at SouthHillsKia.net. Bechtold breakdown up next. Presidential fun for President's Day. Coming up next hour. It's Donnie football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7. The fan right now. It is an Austin, Austin Bechtold fan headline. New conference realignment in Whippeal football has just been announced. And Aliquippa is in 5A, Section 1, with the likes of Fox Chapel, North Hills, Penn Hills, Pine Richland, Plum, and Shaler. Section 3, Allegheny 6 of Baldwin, Bethel, Moon, Peters Township, South Fayette, and St. Clair remain the same. Section 2 of Armstrong, Franklin Regional, Gateway, Latrobe, Kiske, Penn Trapper, Woodland Hills, a part of the biggest shakeup of any. 6A now with 8 teams, Butler, Canamax, Central Catholic, Hempfield, Mount Lebanon, North Allegheny, Norwin, and Seneca Valley for the new section alignments in the top two conferences that were just announced moments ago. Pitt basketball tomorrow against Wake Forest at 9. You can hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan beginning at 8.30. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis in Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 93.7thefan.com. Hey, it's Andrew Filippone from Mike's Beer Bar. Man, tomorrow is such a huge day in Pittsburgh sports between the hockey game 
early in the night, the basketball game afterwards. If you don't have tickets, the best place to watch is over at Mike's. Even if you do, you might want to sell those tickets and get over to Mike's with their 80, with their 80 rotating taps. So the best local craft beer all around town. Hundreds of beers from around the world, then steaks on a stone, wings, and they make sure the games are on the TVs. You don't have to beg a bartender to get them on. So meet me at Mike's today right next to PNC Park and enjoy the games today. Donnie's Dog Pick is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Normally this time set aside for the football debrief, but today it is time for a Bechtold Breakdown. Austin? Here we go. It's the Bechtold Breakdown. Monday, February 19th. Donnie, today Pitt Basketball announced that it will host a regional round for the 2024 basketball tournament the tbt pit played last year at west virginia which was a host site lost in the first round so the ultimate winners of this alumni team win a million dollars in the tournament levance fields nelly cummings played last year dewan blair was the coach it's going to be july 19th to the 24th who do you want to see play in the tbt this year for pit and remember depending on what happens with draft eligibility my guy blake henson could be available to potentially be back on the floor at the Peterson Event Center. Yeah, see, like I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to say Hinson just because he's on the team right now, and I would hope that he can uh, at least have a cup of coffee in the league. I mean, I'm really tempted to say uh, some of the guys from the 09 team because I was in my early teenage years when I saw those guys uh, make the run in the tournament, almost getting to the Final Four, that Elite Eight loss to Villanova. Uh, I would absolutely say LeVance Fields yeah. on that team. Um, I would also, I have to say DeWan Blair. He's probably not going to play again, but he'd likely be the coach, I would imagine, for a second consecutive year. He was um, really sentimental and emotional when talking about just what the tournament meant to him, seeing all the guys that are coming back. Jamarius Burton, as well as Ashton Gibbs, are already confirmed to be playing. Okay, I remember or Jamel Ashton Artis. Gibbs. Jamel Artis, not Ashton Gibbs, Jamel Artis. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick three, though, I'm going Levance Fields. Uh, I am going with DeWan Blair just because what I saw him do. I'm like, I I can never forget that image of him throwing Hashim Thabit over his back. And this was a guy who played center at like 6'9", and Thabit was like 7'5", and he was, you know, poised to be like the next big thing in the NBA, like a second overall pick. He flopped. He stunk. Uh, because he would get bullied by Dewan Blair every time they played. I remember that game where that image is from. I think it was a one versus four matchup and Pitt went in there and won at Connecticut. Blair had like 22 points and 23 boards. Yeah, the unreal. man was unbelievable. Yeah, before he got drafted by Dallas. What about Justin Champagne? Potentially another option so as well. So that was a name I, I thought of because he was in the like sort of this dead period of pit hoops where it was Kevin Stallings then early in the Jeff Capel era that you forget about, but Champagne put up some absurd numbers. And if we're talking about guys like right at this current moment, yeah, he's obviously going to be one of the most fresh. Like I would love to say somebody like Carl Krauser or Ronald Ramon or guys from the early 2000s. Brandon Knight. Yeah, Brandon Knight. But I, I worry about what kind of shape they're in. 20 years later not that they're in horrible shape but are they going to be in as good of shape 
as a Justin Champagny. All right, next up, Donnie. I asked the morning show guys this on Friday. Yarmir Yager had his number 68 retired on Sunday when the Penguins ended up losing the game. What is the favorite jersey that you have? And who is the next jersey, the next player's jersey, that should be retired in Pittsburgh next? I know uh, we both have our thoughts on this. So I have a a away, like a white uh, Jack Lambert jersey that I've had for years. And I, I will always have Lambert as the 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 number one jersey for me. It's the one I always save until like the end of the season. Uh, plus, it's just a huge jersey, so I can wear hoodies and stuff underneath it. But growing up, that was who I had preached to me as like the the gold standard of linebacker play, Jack Lambert. I mean, that's every dad's favorite player. My dad's all-time favorite player. He loves what a hermit he is, too. Yeah. Like Jack Lambert just like lives in a treehouse. So Lambert... Is that uh, his account, Jack Lambert, on Twitter that's going around now that's, like, responding to no, a lot of people? I, I, I don't think it is. Like, I, I've, I've gotten that sent to me that there's no way. If it is, I would be stunned because I would be surprised if Jack Lambert has anything other than a rotary phone. He's still listening on his old-fashioned radio <laughs> somewhere from yeah. probably circa 1979 yeah, he, when the Steelers won the Super Bowl. He's in his treehouse. He's ready to kick somebody's ass, whatever. I would be stunned if that was actually him on Twitter. I have a white Troy Polamalu NFL 100 jersey. And then if we want to talk other sports, Kobe Bryant 1998 All-Star Game jersey. Hardwood Classics throwbacks. That's a good one. Those are some of the ones that pop up for me. And when it comes to jersey retirements, I've thought for a little while it would be cool if we got a Jack Lambert and Jack Ham co-retirement of the jersey. Neither of now, them has been used since. Right. Like, it's one of those unofficially retired jerseys. The Steelers have a handful of them. Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw, Ben, nobody's going to wear seven again. Nope. Nobody has worn 36. Nobody has worn 43. Nobody has worn 86. Nobody has worn 52 for Mike Webster. 63 for Dermonte Dawson. Then you have Lambert and Ham, 58-59. Two of the faces of the of the defense in the seventies. Oh, we got a crash already. Already have a crash in Daytona on lap six. That was a bad crash. I told you, man. It's wild it's at eventful. Daytona. Yeah, there's six. There's six laps in, and we already lost a handful of cars. Uh, but I, I think a joint retirement of the fifty-eight and fifty-nine jerseys would be awesome. Now. Ham, he, he's doing color announcing for Penn State football. Right. He, he's obviously out there and he's vocal. He can make they, it work. They would have to legitimately track down Jack Lambert because I don't know if the guy would want to show up. Fair. All right, one more for you. Yarmir Yager, during his ceremony yesterday, just giving thanks, telling everybody how appreciative he was that his jersey 68 was going up into the rafters. And what he did mention is that his girlfriend, Dominica, did not remember his time playing in Pittsburgh. She is 29 years old. Donnie, we are pretty confident that you guys are born in the exact same year, 1995. So our favorite part of the breakdowns to end the breakdowns is we go over a specific year and what was historically relevant. So what happened in 1995 with Yaramir Yager as she was born? Well, he had already won two Stanley Cups. Yager had already scored 125 goals in his first four years before the 94-95 season. He was named to the All-Star Game, won the scoring title for the first time. How about he scored 52 goals during the 1995-96 season, the year that she was born. And our favorite part of it, 
The top five songs in 95 were Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. TLC made the list a numerous amount of times. Wow. Waterfalls and Creep were the second and third. Two great songs. Most popular songs. Kiss from a Rose by Seal and On Bended Knee, Boys to Men. Bonus, this is how we do it. One of our favorites was 10th in 1995. You were born and I was negative six. Gangsta's Paradise, phenomenal song too. I'm, I'm glad that that's the, the top song of 1995. Very well done. Very well done, Austin. I'm glad to be a part of the, the Bechtold breakdown today. That was fun. Glad you could be a part of it. It's one of my favorites. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today, sunny, high of 41 tonight, clear, low of 25. Coming up next, we mentioned Blake Hinson's name a few moments ago at the beginning of the Bechtold breakdown. We're going to talk a little bit more about him coming up next, what he did over the weekend, and what the Pitt Panthers have ahead of them tomorrow night. It's Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Here comes Blake Henson. Yes, and it's 9-2 Panthers. Blake sends up a three. <laughs> And it's good. And it's 14-12. The Panthers go ahead. Henson with two bombs. And Henson now closing in on pit history. Just four away. Stopping and popping is Henson. Nothing but net. And it's 17-15. Henson one point away from 1,000. Downtown. Downtown. Henson Brown. And he shot that from Forbes Avenue. you got to be kidding me. That was from Forbes Avenue, baby. Gets it in the right corner. There's Henson. <laughs> Free ball. 33 to 22. Pit by 11, their biggest lead. And Henson piling up the points. Saved by Zach Austin. Henson with a three. Yes, indeed. 43 27. Blake Henson. Unbelievable. 30 points, a career high for the young man from Deltona, Florida. Right side, Henson is. On fire again, 47-32, another triple for Blake Henson. He adds to his career high. 33. He's looking for Henson, gets it to him. NBA three, yes! 41. Blake Henson, 41 points, and the place goes wild. The tightest record, nine threes, most made in the game by a Pitt Panther, Blake Henson. 9 of 13 from beyond the arc Saturday night. Blake Hinson, 41 points as the Panthers beat up Louisville, 86-59. The 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge on Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. It's Donnie Football with you. On 93.7 The Fan, in for Andrew Filipponi and Chris Muller this afternoon. Josh Roundtree takes it away at 6 o'clock. Austin Bechtold behind the glass with me for the next hour or so. The Panthers are in the bubble conversation. That's been established due to their five-game winning streak in ACC play. And since the upset win at Duke over a month ago now, 
just one loss on the schedule. That came in a close one at Miami. The Panthers are in fourth in the ACC standings. They are neighbors with NC State and Wake Forest. The Panthers have a better overall mark at 17 and 8. Both of those teams 16 and 9, but all three eight wins and six losses in Atlantic Coast Conference play. They have the opportunity to be in better position than they were last year. If you remember how last season ended, the Panthers had a grasp of first place in the ACC. They lost their last few games, an ugly one against Notre Dame, a game against Miami on the road. They fell to fifth in the ACC. That put them really on the bubble as they entered the ACC tournament. You had to hope they would win a game, at least one game, to feel good about where they would be if they would get the call to the big dance. They got the call to the first four. They won the game in Dayton against Mississippi State. An unconscious three from Blake Hinson in that game, late in the game, which is one that will be remembered for a long, long time for Pitt fans. But a historic performance from Blake Hinson, 41 points, the most points scored by a Panther at the Peterson Event Center that tied the program record already held by Blake Hinson for threes in a game. He pulled the Malsey with nine threes in the win against Louisville. Also tied for the most points by a Panther in a single game. Now other Panthers to score in double digits, Lowe and Leggett both had 10 points. They made easy work of Louisville, especially in the second half. The Panthers were 15 of 31 from beyond the arc. It had the vibes for me like that 100-point output they had against Syracuse late last season. That's how it felt. It felt like a celebration of sorts. It looked like a celebration inside the Peterson Event Center. The game was never really in question. Pitt led by 10 at the half. They would pull away more and more as things got going in the second half. And now the Panthers have won five in a row. And I'm really starting to think they can do this thing. I'm really starting to think they can make it. They can get that call to the 68-team field. A month ago, we've talked about this, a month ago, the season looked dead. Coming off home losses by blowout fashion to Duke and then a 10-point loss, a 10-plus point loss to Syracuse at home. And now the Panthers have emerged out of the quicksand. They find themselves in fourth place in the ACC. And they continue to find themselves in that bracketology discussion on the bubble. And a lot of it can be determined tomorrow night. A huge game to this point in the season Given the stakes right now, this isn't a situation where it would be a big upset win for Pitt like it was at Duke, like it was at Virginia. 
Tomorrow night's game at Wake Forest, a massive one for the Panthers. A 9 p.m. tip, which you can listen to right here on 93.7 The Fan. Coverage will begin at 8.30. You can also listen on your Odyssey app. A pit win, and I think they honestly are sitting pretty with the way their schedule breaks down. Unless they would drop games to some of the really bad teams they have left. Boston College in there. Home game against Virginia Tech. After the Wake Forest game, they have Clemson on the road, which will not be easy. But otherwise... I love where the Panthers have put themselves. They also have home games against Florida State and NC State to finish out the regular season. But I think it comes down to the two big road games that Pitt has left, Wake Forest and Clemson. Tomorrow night, a huge one. They can create some separation, some more separation, really, between themselves and the Demon Deacons. And Wake Forest, of note, 13-0 and at home this season. But the Duke Blue Devils, 13-2 and at home this season. One of those losses, the Pitt Panthers. The Virginia Cavaliers, 14-1 and at home this season. And the Pitt Panthers were the one behind the one in 14-1. and Wake Forest and Pitt, their neighbors in the ACC standings. Hunter Salas leads the way for them, 18.4 points per game. The first meeting this year, a pit victory at home, a come-from-behind victory, 77-72. to The Panthers beat the Demon Deacons at the end of January. Pitt trailed by 10 at the half. They outscored Wake Forest 50-35 to in the final 20 minutes. Wake had four players in double figures. Salas had 22. Pitt had a pair of 20-point scorers in that game. Bub Carrington had 24 points, five boards, and four helpers. Ishmael Leggett had 22 points, and he was four of six from beyond the arc. Blake Hinson had a decent night for his standards, 17 points. Certainly no 41 that he had the other night. But the guard play that has emerged from Pitt in this last month, for me, is the most encouraging sign. Because even though we see the huge games from Blake Henson, what he did at Duke, what he did against Virginia in those upset wins, what he did the other night in a blowout win against the worst team in the ACC, maybe it doesn't have to be Henson completely carrying the load. And he has some help elsewhere. But tomorrow, without question, a massive, massive game for the Pitt Panthers. George Michalowski, uh, he put out a tweet earlier today. Uh, Austin, I know you're pals with George. George from Pittsburgh Sports Now. Pitt is 3-4 and four now in quad one and number 47 in the net rankings. And Pitt is ranked higher 
in the net rankings than eight of ESPN's most recent bubble teams. They also have a better winning percentage in quad one than 11 of those teams. Some of those teams, Butler, Boise State, TCU, Nebraska, Ole Miss, Nevada, Utah, Gonzaga, Wake Forest, Providence, Seton Hall, Cincinnati, St. John's, Villanova, Colorado, Memphis. When you break down those teams more and more, you see them on paper, you see that resume, you see that some teams look to be deserving of a of an invitation in March. Some of those teams, I have no idea. St. John's being one of them. Rick Pitino just went on a rant last night how unenjoyable this season is for him. St. John's is barely over 500. Yeah, they have no business being there. Just none. Villanova has two impressive wins, but those were in when? November? They're barely over 500. I think a big reason why is the overall assessment of the ACC and the lack thereof of strength in the conference. It's Duke, Carolina, Pitt beat Virginia, Pitt beat Duke. What else is there? I mean, you're used to NC State, hovers around. Clemson has been a team that's kind of been there. But the ACC is used to maybe Notre Dame's a little bit more relevant. Georgia Tech, okay. Miami was really good, went to the Final Four last year. There isn't the depth of the conference, and that's one thing that's really hurt Pitt, which really shouldn't. But also losing to Clemson twice, losing to Syracuse twice, and losing to Missouri in the big in the ACC challenge with the SEC is not going to help either. But that's in the rearview mirror. And the Panthers have been playing as good as really any team in the country in the last month. That's that's not much of an exaggeration. I mean, you just mentioned there, Austin, two of the teams they beat at the time it happened. Duke was in the top 10. They still are in the top 10. It's not like that cratered their season. They won at Cameron Indoor Stadium, one of the hardest places to play in college basketball. And then they beat Virginia, who had won 23 straight at home. They were 13-0 at John Paul Jones Arena before that game. They were in the top 25, and they were the streaking team in the ACC saying, hey, UNC, hey, Duke, don't forget about us. Here we come. Well, objects in the mirror are a little bit closer than they appear. The Pitt Panthers are right there in fourth place. And if Pitt can find a way to shoo themselves into that fourth place spot, they will finish better in the ACC than they did a year ago. What was viewed as a dream season one year ago the Panthers could perhaps one-up that when it comes to the ACC standings. So what we thought was going to be a march without a fun run of pit basketball, we may just get it. We may just get it. And it comes down to a huge game tomorrow night at Wake Forest. Coming up, we're going to stick with the basketball theme. Austin and I are going to have a little bit of fun for the rest of the show. Not that we haven't had fun already, but it is President's Day. We're going to have ourselves a little draft, and we're going to make up a 5v5 presidential basketball game. That's coming up next. Fan text line, 
brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. It's Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Here comes an Austin Bechtold fan headline. After the Pens 2-1 loss yesterday on the day that they honored Yarmir Yager and raised number 68 to the Raptors, Penguins are back in action against the New York Islanders. PPG Paints Arena at 7 o'clock. Penguins still looking to try to rise up in the standings far out of a playoff spot. Seven points back of the final wild card spot in the East. And also 10 points back of Philadelphia for the third spot, the last playoff spot in terms of the division in the Metropolitan Division as well. Pit basketball tomorrow. You can hear it right here against Wake Forest. Big game at 9 for overall implications in the NCAA tournament. Pitt viewed as a next four team out by ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi. Our coverage on the fan begins at 8.30. You can also listen on your Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Hey, it's Adrian Filippone. Bad news. You already know about it, though. We got snow this weekend, and it sucked. Friday, lots of snow. Saturday, still snow on the ground. Sunday started to get better, and by Monday, well, now it's starting to uh, all melt away. But your car still has the after effects, all of the things from the salt and the snow all over it. And so what are you going to do about it? You're not going to want to go outside and wash it yourself. Time is money. You're not going to get on the ground and do the undercarriage either. So that's why you got to get to Wet Go Car Wash. And guess what? All it takes right now is a dollar for that first month. That's all you pay. And guess what? You can go over and over and over again because it's unlimited for that first month. No hidden fees, no fine print. That's a fact, Jack. Just a dollar and you can wash your car as much as you want. Want some. I'm headed there later today, and you should sign up to getgocafe.com slash wetgo to go unlimited for just a dollar today with the wetgo car wash. Oh, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this, Austin. Doesn't the music just pump you up? It does. I I am excited for this. I Suggested this to you, what, last night, two nights ago? I wanted to do something presidential theme, like a draft for a sport. And I thought, you know what? We can make it easy. It would be, like, way too bogged down if we tried to do every sport. Oh, no doubt. Basketball is perfect, though, because it's just, all right, five guys, quick draft. Maybe a six-man thrown in there as well. Yeah, and we, we, we can get things done that way fan hotline by the way presented by sullivan super service pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and hvac provider for over 50 years and i thought too the way that the show was the way i wanted to lay out the show okay we can piggyback this right after the pit hoop segment and it'll be a nice little transition in so we are going to have a presidential basketball draft one through five and Austin, I will give you the first pick. I will take the next two after that. With the first pick in the presidential draft, I select for my basketball team Honest Abe Lincoln. He is six foot four. He is the tallest president of anyone. Add on his giant hat, and maybe he's six eight, six nine. He can dominate in the paint and being sco- be a scoring threat for me because if we're talking about, you know, the presidential candidates in this year's race are very old. 
And we're, if we want to talk about old school basketball, you got to dominate in the paint. We need somebody to grab some rebounds and do well down there. Honest Abe Lincoln will average 15 and grab 15 boards for me. He's my oh, first pick. Oh, man. 15 boards. He's kind of boards. he's kind of gangly though. I want I I might have to find a guy to throw him around a little bit. All right, I will take the next two here with this one. But with my first pick, I'm going with Barack, baby. I mean, I got to take Barack Obama here. Uh, he's six one, almost six two, and the dude has a hooping background, and he's easily for me. If I if you can't get the tallest guy. I think you get the best basketball player. I think that's Barack Obama. So that will be my first pick. My second pick. You can play the chime again if you want, if you have it readily readily available. Here we go. I don't want to rush you with it. This guy is quite literally a floor general. One of the greatest generals in American history. And that's why he was the first official leader of our country. That is George Washington. Ah, that was my next pick. I'm going to dominate with guard play. <laughs> Washington, Obama, they're going to be hard to stop. They might not be the last guard I select either. But you have a guy that will run the point. He'll call out the plays. He'll throw up the one. That's George Washington. So I feel really good about coming away with Obama and Washington here. All right, so if you get George Washington, who has schools named after him, obviously the first leader, a great general, then for me, I got to take another guy who is recognized by so many for what he did in the early on days of our presidency. Give me Thomas Jefferson, the third president in U.S. history. Is there that many things that we even have to say about Thomas Jefferson? The resume speaks for itself. The accomplishments are out there. He is somebody who can guard George Washington. What did George Washington have? Wooden teeth, right? What was it you were saying earlier? Oh, they were made of like whalebone and all this nonsense. Like it wasn't actually wood. Yeah, very appetizing. Thomas Jefferson somebody who I think could be a little bit of a slasher. He can do it all. A do-it-all type of president. A do-it-all type of guy. And I think that he would be a good spokesperson. A good person who can be our floor general and a leader of the team. We need leaders. <laughs> Abe Lincoln and Thomas Jefferson. You're not going to get much better than that. All right, so my, my next pick here, I got I have to start to get some height. I have to start to get some height because you came at me with Lincoln, six foot four. That guy's going to be the guy down in the low post. Thomas Jefferson can do a little bit of everything. I'm not saying I'm a fan of this guy one way or another, but I'm going with Donald Trump. Yeah, he was Six on my board. Three, and man, does this dude have a body and does he have an ass to him? <laughs> you want to have a guy who can get down in that low block and make something happen, push some people around. Trump kind of has a trunk and I'm putting him down low against Big Abe and it's going to be a battle. 6'3", about 245. 250? Hell, he's probably bigger than that. Let, let's be honest. I'm putting him down there. He can make something happen. He can move people. It might end up looking like that Dewan Blair, Hashim Thabit picture. So I'll take Trump 
I'll put him down low. You're up, City Limits. Don't you have another pick? Do you have back-to-back picks? Well, no, because since you got the first and I uh, had the, the second two. Good. It lets me make my next pick, who I was hoping that you wouldn't steal from me. He has, I think he has movies made out of them. There's one that I can remember. Night of the Museum. Remember that one, Donnie? <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt. You know, Teddy Roosevelt in that movie kind of felt bad for himself. And I think it was Ben Stiller that had to cheer him up. Remember Teddy Roosevelt? Oh, I do. He's going to be somebody that, well, we weren't alive for Teddy Roosevelt, the 26th president of the United States. But he's another guy that I think can, you know, shoot it a little bit. He's underrated. People might not like when he goes out there on the floor and potentially is wearing glasses. They might underestimate his game. They won't know Teddy Roosevelt's game until he goes out there and just shoots the lights out from the wing. He's a wing and elbow type of player, mid-range type of guy, Teddy Roosevelt. And the way that he was just a leader overall for the country and in battles, everything, makes me think that Teddy Roosevelt would fit. I was I was kind of hoping that you were going to take Franklin D. Roosevelt considering the guy could, like, not walk. It was an option. <laughs> it was an option. I was like, hoping that you, like, were going to be naive and think, oh, man, FDR 6'2". No. No, I, I had that. polio. Oh, that would have been trouble for you. It would have, but it's not. All righty, so I'm up here. You have made three picks. I have made three picks. My fourth pick. All righty. I'm ready. Are we picking a six-man? I plan on just doing a one through five. But... Okay. All right, you can play the chime. I'm coming at you with another guard here. Somebody who played at a high level of athletics in his college days. Not as a hooper, but the man was a collegiate center. And I'm taking Gerald Ford. As another guard, six foot, our 38th president. And I'm going to plug him in there. Might be like that two guard. If I got Washington running the running the point. I have Obama right now as my small forward. Trump's my big man down low. Give me Gerald Ford. I like the way that this thing is working out. Well, I like the fact that it just dropped my way as well I wasn't really sure how tall this guy was and I still really don't know how tall he is but what matters is the size of his heart the actor no the president Ronald Reagan the 40th president in U.S. history is an easy pick for me you watch Ronald Reagan just go up there and give a speech, and I don't know why I'm making all my picks based on people giving speeches because this is a basketball game, and should that matter too much? He's also somebody that could hoop a little bit, and I think would just be somebody who could rally the troops, fight for everyone. I mean, think about the second election. He got, every, what, almost every electoral college vote? It was a shoe in It was like one of the greatest oh, elections yeah, for runaway. any candidate ever in terms of the overall margin of victory. Ronald Reagan wins and that's why I like him on my team already so I guess I have my last pick here round five for me I I have a couple of ways I want to go with this and I think I am going to fill out my my big men 
by taking our 42nd president of the United States, the one, the only, Slick Willie Clinton, standing at six feet, two and a half inches tall. I think he provides me with a bigger body as well, not quite to the size of Trump. But I have that tag team down low. Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, Washington running the point. I have Ford at the two. I have Obama at the three. And that concludes it for me. I'm very happy with how I've filled out my starting lineup here, Austin. Some good choices. Some good choices. This guy has had universities named after him. There's a basketball team that plays representing this president. Back in the day. I don't care that he's 5'4". Here we go. He's my Muggsy Bogues. (laughs) Point guard, floor general. Him and George Washington are the dynamic duo of guards. Stephen Clay. How about Thomas Jefferson and James Madison? (laughs) James Madison is going to go out there and, you know, be the undersized guy. Have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. People didn't believe in him. He was the fourth president. He wasn't the first. He wasn't John Adams, the second president. He wasn't Thomas Jefferson, the third president, either. People doubted James Madison. He made his way to becoming the fourth president, and he will make his way onto our starting five as a solid contributor. He's going to get rejected out of the building. He's going to try to go up front, and Bill and Donald, they're just going to swat him away. And honestly, (laughs) anybody else I got. He'll be shooting threes. Are going to take him out. I had a feeling you were going to go with him. That's why I did want to leave him open. A foot, a full foot shorter than Abe Lincoln. You can almost have that picture of, uh, was it Bogues and Manute Bowl? Yeah, it was. Yeah, you could almost redo that picture uh, with Abe Lincoln and James Madison. Well, all right, Austin, during the break, we'll, we'll put positions by these guys officially so we can send the tweet out and have people tell us who won this thing. But coming up next, another treat for you, my friend. I'm going to put you through some presidential trivia. Yeah, I don't feel good about this. Coming up next on this President's Day. Twitter, brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Right now, an Austin Bechtold fan headline. Pitt basketball tomorrow against Wake Forest. You can hear it right here on 93.7. The fan beginning at 8.30. Tip-off is at 9. The Panthers are currently on a five-game winning streak. Blake Hansen scored a career-high 41 points. It was the most ever scored in the Peterson Event Center and tied for the third most ever in Pitt basketball history with the record standing since 1957 of 45 points is the Pitt basketball record for Don Hennon. And the Panthers are going to look to try to continue to move up the ACC standings, currently behind Virginia, who Pitt has beaten, Duke, who Pitt has beaten, as well as North Carolina, the number one team in the conference. Pitt is tied with Wake Forest for fourth. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. Malsey. Hey, Chris Muller here, and let's talk about some facts. Here's one. No other car brand is giving you more value for your money than Mitsubishi. That's why you've got to head right now to Shorky Mitsubishi for their President's Day event. The deals are going to help keep more of your presidents in your pocket. Like on popular Outlanders, I'm driving one right now, seven-passenger capable, all-wheel drive. You know I love it. $299 a month or... $299 
finance at 0% for 60 months, or you can go electric. I've also driven this one and save up to $5,000 on the Outlander Hybrid. They've got Eclipse Crosses as well, $299 a month or 1.9% financing for 60 months. So many other great deals, and you're still getting that 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And Shorky Mitsubishi is going to throw in two years of prepaid maintenance on every 2024 model. Right now is the time. Grab your trade and swap keys. Get your deal your way. What a great day. Just in time for spring. President's Day savings all month long on the area's best Mitsubishi inventory. And you can always shop online at ShorkyMitsubishi.com. Hey, it's Andrew Filipponi for the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 93.7 The Fan, the official betting partner of the NBA. So now that the football season has officially ended, it's time to take a look at Pro Hoops. And right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning five. $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. And all you have to do is get the bet right. It can be something as simple as a big favorite to win on the money line. Boston, for example, the Celtics have had such a great season. They're in a matchup against a team they're clearly better than at home. Bet five bucks on them to win the game. They probably will. And then you'll get $150 in bonus bets coming your way. That's part of what makes FanDuel so great, giving you opportunities to make uh, quick bets. And get quick cash, fanduel.com slash Andrew, and shoot your shot today. 21 plus and present in PA. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is now withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms, sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Donnie Football with you until 6 o'clock. Our hodgepodge of nothingness coming up. In about 15 minutes. But right now, to keep in the theme of President's Day, I told Austin City Limits we would be getting some presidential trivia this afternoon. I will be quizzing Austin on some presidential factoids. And we'll see how our little guy does. I hope our man Lanny for Terry is not listening. Oh, he loves presidents. Yes, he Somebody does. texted in and said we should get him on for this trivia, and he would completely dominate me. Oh, he would. I mean, he would smoke both of us. I reached out to my brother-in-law Frank, who is a high school U.S. history teacher, because I knew he'd be the perfect guy for this, and I asked him if he had any presidential trivia. He proceeded to send me a text that I'm assuming he had saved somewhere because it was in record time. It has a piece of trivia on every single president that we've had. So we're loaded up. This is going to be a disaster, Ron. First, Austin, we talk a whole lot about Mount Rushmore's in sports. Who are the four presidents on Mount Rushmore? <laughs> I know a lot of them. Well, George, there's only four. I know. George Washington's on there. Yes, he is. My floor general. Isn't my guy Thomas Jefferson on there? Yes, he is. Yeah. All right. So I have two. And then I know there was a, I think it's Teddy Roosevelt. I know there was somebody very recently. Yes. And then I, I always get the fourth one. Very confused. I don't know if it's James Madison. I know it's not John Adams, but I know it's some, it's somebody that I think is like in the middle tier of presidents. Like, not in terms of like how good they were or whatever, but like when they were a president. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna stick with James Madison. Nope, it was your first overall pick. 
Oh, Honest Abe. It's I honest knew it was Abe. in the middle. Oh, my gosh. Honest Abe. This is why I don't like trivia. Honest Abe. Makes sense. Too much sense that it made complete sense for me to blank. Now, here's the next one. I'm just picking these at random based on what my brother-in-law sent me. I would hope that you know this. But who is the oldest living president that is currently still alive? Is it Jimmy Carter? Yes, it is. Jimmy Carter was the 39th president. He's about to hit triple digits. (laughs) Add in a sound effect or two. Harry S. Truman. Our 33rd president, there is a famous photo of him holding up the sign that says, Dewey beats Truman. Yes. The S as Truman's middle initial. Do you know what it stands for? Absolutely no idea, but I'll take a guess. Uh, Is it Sam? Samuel? It is not. The answer will surprise you and also annoy you. Steven, the middle initial doesn't actually stand for anything. His parents gave him that middle initial as a tribute to both of his grandfathers whose names started with S. Okay. <laughs> Next one. I didn't, I didn't I didn't know that until until I got this text. Neither did I. Which president notoriously got stuck in a bathtub? Was it Taft? It was. Yeah. Our 27th president, William Howard Taft. Got stuck in the bathtub. Poor guy. Was he the one? Was he the guy that was president like two terms, took a term off, then came back? Or was it Grover Cleveland? Grover Cleveland, Grover Cleveland. did that. And we, we could see that happening again. It is we, possible. We, we could see uh, split terms with Donald Trump. Which two presidents died on the exact same day, exactly 50 years after the adoption of the Declaration of Independence? They died the exact same day? Yes. July 4th, 1826. Oh, and I've heard this before, too. 1826, so it had to be some of the earlier presidents. Was it uh, Monroe and Jefferson? Jefferson is one of them. Okay. Monroe probably was before that or after that. Monroe was the fifth president. Jefferson was the third. Right. But in terms of their their deaths. So it's got to be in that range, right? Was it Madison and Jefferson? It was John Adams. Ah, oh, the second John Our not, second president. Yeah, not John Quincy Adams. And Easy Adams Adams had actually outlived Jefferson by a couple of hours, as the story goes. But his last words on record were, Jefferson lives, not knowing that his political rival, Thomas Jefferson, had passed away just hours ahead of him. Huh. That's kind of, that's, that's an interesting dynamic. Next one. Which president 
kept a pet alligator in the White House. Well, it couldn't have been too long ago. Can I pull up the list of presidents? Yeah, I mean, you're able to look yeah, at yeah, Okay, I was, yeah, you I was not up and, doing that the entire time. I feel like that's something that Ulysses S. Grant would do. It was not Ulysses S. Grant. Um, Other guess? I don't think it would be Truman. So I'm going to say Herbert Hoover. It was John Quincy Adams. Oh, back in the day. Number six. Speaking of Ulysses S. Grant, one of the, the fine generals and leaders of war around the time of the country's civil war, they gave him the nickname U.S. Grant, which had a different meaning to it than United States or Ulysses S. Do you know what? That nickname was for U.S. Grant. For U.S. Grant? Yes. What U.S. actually meant? It was the nickname for, the nickname. What, for what U.S. could have meant, but they used U.S. in the nickname. Was S. Savior? No. Salvation? No. Untimely Salvation? <laughs> Ultimate Salvation? Unconditional Surrender Grant. I was close. Not at all. <laughs> he was also given a ticket. For speeding, U.S. Grant was. But it was not a car. It was probably like a horse and buggy. It was for speeding on a horse. Horse and buggy, yeah. He was the first president to receive a speeding ticket. Who is the only president to have never married? Ooh. That's been like a... Not like a rule, but that's been something that has been pretty common in almost all the presidents, especially, I mean, at least that I can remember, obviously, in my lifetime. Well, yeah, there's only one that has not married. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Uh, was it Ulysses S. Grant? It was not was Ulysses keep guessing S. Grant. Ulysses S. Grant. It was right around there, though. He was a couple of presidents prior. It was James, James Buchanan. Buchanan. Yeah. Remember Franklin Pierce? Or Millard Fillmore? Oh yeah, they're they're right they're right in the mix, right in the early teen years. There's a trivia question that I think you're going to ask that you haven't asked yet. Who is it that has the living grandson? I was looking at that yep. right now. Okay, there it which is. I, I knew I it was knew. coming. Do you know who that is? It was either Tyler or Polk. I think it was was it John Tyler? It is John, yeah, Tyler, John Tyler, the tenth president. He had fifteen children, the most of any president. And his last born child. He had his, her, sorry, he had his last child when he was 70 years old. Unbelievable. So people wonder how that math works, and at least as of a couple of years ago, and I would have thought the news would have come out if uh, his grandson did pass away, he does have a living grandson. Last one for you, City Limits. All right. Who was the first president to be born a U.S. citizen? All right, let's look at the presidents. Venture in here. I'm going to say William Henry Harrison. No, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I'm going to keep with it. You were very close, but no cigar. It is Marty Van Buren at number eight. Right before. Marty Van Buren in his picture kind of looks like Albert Einstein. Well done, City Limits. I think I did okay. 
You did. I mean, probably about as well as I would have done. Maybe even better. Who knows? Coming up next, it is our hodgepodge of nothingness. The random takes that we have to send you along for the rest of your day before we hand you off to Josh Roundtree at 6. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today, high was 41. Still a little bit of sun out there. It's nice to see that it's still light out nearing 6 o'clock. Tonight, clear, low of 25. It's Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Hey guys, Chris Muller here for Universal Windows Direct, and I want to tell you that there really is nothing worse than being cold in your own home. Temperature's chilly, they're all over the place, ton of wind right now. Don't suffer if your home is drafty and cold. You really do have to call my guys at Universal Windows Direct. Now, what do they have for you? Well, they have window systems with super spacer technology that's going to keep the edge of the glass warmer, that's going to hold the seal longer, and it's going to make those windows last up to five times longer than other window systems. So Universal Windows Windows, they'll perform better and they'll last longer. And Universal backs all of this up with a true lifetime warranty for as long as you own your home and 30 years to the next homeowner. Don't wait. Call right now, 412-545-6003. Schedule your free in-home estimate today. In fact, tell them I told you to call and get an additional $250 off your project. For the last windows you'll ever need, go to UniversalWindowsDirect.com, and like me, you'll be saying, I love my windows. 50-minute mark on the fan, brought to you by South Hills Kia, South Hills Chrysler, Jeep Dodge on Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. It is now time for the hodgepodge of nothingness this is a hodgepodge of nothingness josh roundtree follows us he goes from six until ten thirty-five. so josh is in here and we don't have much time here austin so i thought i would present josh our presidential hoops draft and i would let him pick which squad he would ride with so austin starting five looks like this josh james madison running the point at five foot four teddy roosevelt <laughs> his shooting guard Ron Reagan is his small forward. Mm, Thomas Jefferson, his power forward. And his center, the big man, the number one overall pick, Honest Abe at yeah. six foot four. My starting five, a little bit more youthful, a little bit from more in this era. Besides my first pick, well, my first pick was Barack Obama. He's my, yeah, that's, my, small, that's my the, small forward. Yeah, I, that was a good Abe pick. Lincoln seems like the obvious. But if you're actually talking basketball, Obama's probably the only guy that's ever even picked up a basketball. Yeah, he's that's, pretty good. That's served in office. <laughs> he really he can, is. He can play. Yeah, he Ob- can play. Obama can hoop. And my point guard is the guy that is literally a floor general. That's George Washington. I mean, this man's <laughs> going to be trotting down the court. He's going to be holding up the one. He's going to be calling out the plays. Yeah. Whatever. You, you're his not going to find up, his legs up on the side of the boat. <laughs> yeah, so to say. You're not going to find a better general than George Washington in this game. He's going to chop down your center like he would <laughs> chop down a cherry tree. Was it a cherry tree? It was, right? Yeah. Um, my history's uh, <laughs> failing me a little bit, but I think it was a cherry tree. Uh, my my two guard, another good athlete. He didn't he didn't hoop, but he was a collegiate football player, Gerald Ford. So I got right. Washington and Ford as my two guards. Yeah. Obama, my small forward. I got Trump as the power forward. We talked a little the bit size about this factor during break. Is, 
And the trash talking, really. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it is. He's the Kevin Garnett of your team. He is going to insult people's mothers. Like, there's there's nothing that he will not dive into as far as being able uh, to to insult you yeah, a little bit. He, so he's, he's going to trash talk for sure. He's going to get in everybody's heads. Plus, he's a big body. I mean, they list him, I think, oh, yeah. at, at what, 6'3", 245. He's probably more about 280. Yeah, I think those numbers, there was a there was a, a thing in the news, right, about Trump's weight for a little while, but I think it's a little higher maybe than uh, than he believes, He's perhaps. He's going to move people around. He's got a yeah. big ass. Oh, yeah. He's got an ass to him. Yeah. He's going to move people around underneath. Yeah, he's a golfer, so it's not like he's a couch potato, I guess. But he does enjoy taco bowls, And then, as we found out. My center is Bill Clinton. He's still got oh, some yeah. size. He's about 6'2 and a yeah. half. So, Nobody took uh, LBJ, huh? No, I, I know he's, he's, a, he's a, he was a big dude. Yeah, he, six, runs, he runs about 6'3 and a half. I, I pulled up the, the height of every yeah. president before this, as I'm sure Austin did. So. Yeah, I did. You know, there's probably some people out there that think, too, you know, LBJ, if you cross him on the court, you're going to get it. Yeah. You're gonna, yeah there's I mean, probably they're, they're, people out there that think that maybe some <laughs> things like that go on with LBJ. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's going to take you to the rack, I think, for sure, and probably play a little dirty. So... So his starting five again, Madison, Teddy Roosevelt, Reagan, Jefferson, Lincoln, mine, Washington, Ford, Obama, Trump, and Clinton. Yeah, Who are you riding it's with? It's Donnie's for sure. Yeah, the Obama factor is just too strong. He's the only guy that's probably ever touched a basketball that has served as president or that at least has run up and down a floor. If I would have picked Obama first and then Donnie would have picked um... – you, I, I think whoever gets Obama's in the driver's seat there. Okay. This, isn't a, this is a pure basketball conversation right now. The guy has played basketball – He's an athlete. Millard it's Fillmore about- did not play basketball. <laughs> I- it's about the Jimmies and Joes out there. <laughs> yes. Yes. I do like the George Washington of it all as well because I think you're just getting a, gr- a gritty customer involved there. Like He is just going to – he's the floor general. He's not going to back down. He's going to cross the Delaware iced over when they tell him not to. <laughs> That's the guy that you want leading you into battle. Like he's the ultimate point guard. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy about the squad, but it it is out there on on social media, Josh, if you want to chime in. Early early returns. I do have the uh the early lead, 150 votes in or so. Uh 56.3% to 43.7. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network. From big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. 
Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.